Hello and welcome to Out of the Broom Cupboard. I have no idea why I'm doing it in a spooky voice. I think it's because I'm recording this in late November as we move into winter time. I have a candle on the window ledge, the windows open, wafting the spooky scent of vanilla cherry around the room. And maybe it's because today's guest is mostly known uh, to viewers of children's television as the star of a spooky genre drama show, Wolfblood. My name's Chris Johnson and my guest today is Sir Bobby of Lockwood. Not his actual name, his name is Bobby Lockwood, but he's an actor who has been working from a very, very young age at his craft within the industry, doing voiceover, animation, dramas, presenting. He's had a dip into every field of children's entertainment. I talked to him in a semi-sequel to the Shannon Flynn episode from last series about what it's like to grow up as a performer, uh, what it's like to make children's entertainment when you are the same age as, if not only slightly older than the audience it's intended for, and what unusual effects it can have on your life at large outside of a working environment. Bobby is, quite frankly, one of the nicest blokes I've ever had the fortune of meeting through my work in kids' TV. He's one of the handful of CBBC Office guests that we would get into cover shifts in the CBBC Office with us if one of us was down and unable to perform, which is something we talk about in this as well. If you're listening to this for the first time and you're not a patron about the Broom Cupboard, you could have heard it earlier than everyone else. Go to patreon.com slash OOTBC to learn how you can help support the show, keep it online, and fund future versions of it when we are all able to meet up in rooms again. Recorded remotely earlier this autumn, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Bobby Lockwood. to today. Yeah. No. Do, do you know what? I'll send you the Wikipedia page and read up a little bit. I'll, you know, I, I, I'll do what I usually do. I'll read the first two paragraphs and then I'll click the first blue thing that takes my eye and I'll fall down that rabbit hole. Nice. And before you know it. Have you ever played... Here you the go. Wikipedia game. Have you... Yeah, the Wikipedia <laughs> game. We just disappear for hours on end into... Uh, just. You think you're going to learn something? Yeah. I. You don't. Um, you don't. Um, I'm awful because I get because we used to try and race from like one page to another page just using just links, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I get too excited instead of actually looking at the page, thinking, "Oh, maybe if I keep, you know, th- trying to find a link, I'll just just go aggressively at the early links and just click <laughs> and just hope that I'll find my way there." Which is oh, you're like you're talking like an Olympic level Wikipedia game, like just racing through. Oh yeah, oh, are you just reading for fun? Are you learning? I'm talk. I'm talking about like five in the morning, going. Why am I still awake? But that's fine because I'm looking at a page on like uh, the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre. <laughs> I started. <laughs> I, I I started with like you know creature from the Black Lagoon, and I've somehow ended up here, and I I don't know why. Uh, uh- no, so I'm a way more of a YouTube swamp merchant. <laughs> what? Like in the in the in <laughs> like <laughs> you know the depths of YouTube. This boggy, oh and right, dark and weird, and I, I the dark side of yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I find myself there <laughs> more often than not. I mean. Considering it's a website with many constraints to keep things, you know, not diabolical. Um, there's a lot of diabolical stuff on there. It's pretty frightening. Yeah. 
Um, we've started, by the way, uh, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's. But that's the thing you see. It's all about curation to make sure the content is relevant, which is a topic we'll touch on today. Hi, Bobby. Hi, mate. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. I did all the niceties and the formal stuff in the intro. I just, I, I think people need to know that we, we, we spend far too much time on the internet. Which, you know what? But before we begin, I've got to say, I find your, um, your sort of lack of social media presence incredibly admirable. Like, I, I know you will have, of course, social media for family friends, but you don't have like sort of a big social media presence. Which I think is brilliant for two reasons. One, I envy your lack of notification checking. Um, like, that must be a big peaceful thing for blocks of the day. But also, um, like, uh, you're a man of mystery now. So the conclusion is you're a vigilante by night. Can you confirm that? Um, or deny? I can neither confirm nor deny if I'm a vigilante. <laughs> that is That yeah. remains to be seen. Um, but I'll tell you, there's two things that I was going to say about that. One is I don't even have a private friends and family social media thing. I have oh, nothing. Oh, God, I, I, I have nothing. And the thing is... I wish I had that restraint. I really do. It's like... <laughs> I... Because I feel bad... Because for, for me, social media was never... Because um, obviously it can be used as a tool and, and stuff like that. But I for me, it's just... Essentially, the, the second point i had was that i'm on my phone way too much anyway i don't need the extra notifications to social media i'm awful i'm always on youtube i'm always on sky sports i'm always just doing text i'm just awful i'm just always doing stupid stuff i have banned myself from having games on my phone because i can just spend all day just doing pointless clash of clans stupid <laughs> bloody flappy bird stuff and which reminds me, today's episode is sponsored by Clash of Clans. <laughs> uh, views of my guests do not necessarily mirror them. Um, um, but, I mean, fair but enough. No, I, so I don't, I don't I, have anything. But I, the reason I got rid of it, I basically realised if I'm not going to use it sort of professionally as a tool and to like further my I don't know, career or brand, whatever that is, um, I, I might as well just come off it because it's, I'm spending too long. I'm wasting time on it. It's, I don't think it's good for like my mental health or whatever. So I just was like... If anyone wants to get in I mean, touch like with me, they can, they can. I've still got a phone number and, you know. And there's pigeons. You can always write a little note, exactly. put it on its leg, send it to Bobby. You just lean in and you go, and that translates roughly to, uh, get this to Bobby Kins, all right? Cheers, Chuck. And then it flies away. A fantastic job. sound. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've yet to snag a job off of my pigeon uh, pigeon work, but I, I know one day I'll, I'll probably become the most prolific pigeon um, stand in. Uh, just be, just, but they'll call me the Waller King. I'll just stand in rooms making pigeon sounds for uh, for elderly men's ASMR relaxation <laughs> tapes. I love it. I loved it. You can imagine this. Go to sleep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, in terms of brand, which is I, I, it's a dirty word. I hate it. I, I am because I, I cross. I'm not sort of seen definitively in my performing arts career as one thing. So because I cross so many things, I kind of have to be across that. And I, it makes me sick in a way. I hate the fact that I sit there sometimes at TweetDeck and go, here's Monday mm -hmm. night's thing. Need to put that in for Friday. Need to get this out there. Need to chase this picture so I can send this off and la 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 and do mm -hmm. these things. Um, do you, do you leave it in terms of brand? Um, 
do you leave that say like your agency and things like that for look they've got me covered as far as that's concerned they're they're shopping me around for the work i want to do and the sort of things i want to do i don't need to worry about this so much yeah i just don't give it that much thought to be honest fair enough (laughs) as in do you know why do you know why because you've got all the free time in the world to not give it that thought because you you you're, you're with your phone try not to click flappy bird that is essentially that is the daily struggle that i go through I can't, I can't consider the big questions when, you know, I can barely get through a couple games of Among Us. Well, let's... Uh, oh, don't, I've not even started that yet and I keep being hounded to. So, um, if I do, I'll let you know. Uh, so, let's take it back to before technology. Although, that being said, that's a lot of nonsense because <laughs> we, 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 technology existed uh, in the infancy of what it currently is when we were tiny, tiny bands. But when did performing arts bobby begin when were you bitten by a radioactive um lovey uh it all started <laughs> when i was um so i as uh yeah wee baby and my mum said she used to put me into the car seat and my feet would like pound away to the music to the radio and she just thought i seemed to really like music and dancing so I just said to my dad i think i want to take bobby dancing uh to which he said all right, <laughs> and then <laughs> gives me gives me a couple of quiet hours. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I've, my older brother sort of played hockey like my dad and was into sport. Uh, he is really into sport, and yeah, my mum just got this feeling that you know to try something different with me, and I went and absolutely loved it. And so I started dancing really, and then it was dancing that led into sort of the singing and acting, and then the the, the singing fell by the wayside very quickly and the acting sort of happened <clears throat> yeah that seems to be the way in really doesn't it in terms of i don't think anyone i don't think i don't think anyone i've ever worked with like myself ever went i want to do that and it happened it was an aspect of it in terms of acting i mean like it's, it's like an aspect of it that then leads to well, i'm sort of enjoying this part let's do a bit more of that yeah. and that, that's not to say you ain't a mover like you can move right you are you you have coordination i i you can, I got, you can I got, be handed I a choreographed hips. routine <laughs> <laughs> guys, mate is that, just is above you said my the, knees i got hips <laughs> is that what you said to the producers of tumble you were like i'll be good for this i've got hips that's it that's all i said they were like <laughs> oh, we hips. can see them whoa <laughs> just burst through the room you came in clad in a morph suit but you just cut out the hips hipless chaps <laughs> is what hipless chaps <laughs> <laughs> okay this is um this is going exactly the way that i thought it was gonna go uh Okay, so so you 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 doing uh, is it theatre mostly as as, as um, a youngster or is it was TV quite an early so, one? Yeah, uh, I so I was at this sort of it was a, literally a local dance school, and a local agent from Southend sort of came to watch the show, and I was only dancing in it, but she approached my mum after the show to be like, I'd like to represent Bobby for acting for like auditions and stuff. That kid's got hips. That was he's it. just he's got them. She saw me. Well, we actually did. So the show was like Saturday Night Fever. So it was all a bit hippie, you know, uh, and a little sort of spandex is the wrong word. Lycra, um, pizzazz suit. Yeah, all the pizzazz yeah. and frills and stuff. 
And then my mum was like, but he's never acted. It's not a thing. And she was like, it'll be fine, I'm sure. And my mum was like, oh, I don't know, because of school. I don't know. It was just a hobby. Mm. Um, then a friend of hers was like, look, if um, if she says to audition, she always say no. What, what's, what's the harm? She was like, okay. And then my very first audition was um, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. And... Well, initially, Linny Babes made the best call then, didn't Linny she? Linny Babes got that down, <laughs> she, yeah. She made the best call. It's like, I'm not so sure. Oh, go on then. Uh, let's give it a try at like, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> like, boom. Good start. Yeah. Very good start. Well, initially, so I auditioned uh, so you... for Lucky, uh, which was a couple lines role. And I remember having, I recorded it onto a tape cassette. Um, yeah. Uh, did that, sort of sent off the thing. And then they end up coming back. Because I was only five and I auditioned and... They said they really liked me, uh, and one of the guys was like, "We want him. We want to audition him for Patch," but they were like, "We think he's too young." And then through, and I guess we'll come back to this. I think through Disney screwing over some other poor kid, I ended up getting. <laughs> they essentially almost entirely gave him the role, and then yeah. cut him and brought me in. And I was like, "Yeah, um, this is great." Um, and I did have an amazing. I mean, that was an amazing couple of years. Obviously, recorded that. It's like. Just wonderful fun, but it was a hobby at that time. It was, it was just, um, just this fun thing that happened to me. I mean, especially when it's like you know, oh, let's just see where it goes. What a way to like go in the first sort of step outside of it being a hobby to be like his first job, and also like not many people have a job. Like it's acting sort of the one profession where you can really sort of have a job before the age of ten. Yeah. Um, and 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 gain that kind of thingy. Like, was that for Tiny Bobby? Was that a bragging right at school? Nah, I was kept very humble by my family. I think. And then it was. It was. I remember. I went to school with some people for years, and it was. Um, I remember this one girl. It was Sophie. She came up to me and she was like, "I never knew you did patch." And I was like, well, "Uh, uh, yeah." And it was just not something I really spoke about because I'd sometimes just disappear for random afternoons. Um, and you know, and then I'd go home and mum would make me chi- my chicken mayonnaise, cucumber sandwiches, and we'd go up London and record this thing in the afternoon and I'd come back and I did that a couple of times a week, maybe for like a while. And I don't think most, I don't think people even noticed I was gone and I never really spoke about it, but cause everyone sort of knew I did dancing and stuff. Um, and that, but that was it. I never, it, yeah, I guess I didn't really speak about it. And then my family just would shit as much as they could. To just try and not, to, I think, to stop me from anything going to my head, really. I, I I think, as an adult, you probably, like, appreciate that in that, like, yeah, well done, like, keep me grounded. But Absolutely. When you were when you were that young, was it a bit less, conv- was that, was it, did it take more to convince you it was for the best? Um, or did you just go, sure, like, m- mom knows best, like, I will, I will stay humble. I think I didn't really think about it. I remember my mum always just saying to me, like, be be nice to everyone on the way up because you never know who you're going to meet on the way down. I remember that being, like, rammed into me. And then also it was, like, education's important because there was never a future in it. So just, like, enjoy it while you have it. And it felt just like this fleeting moment, I guess, at the time, and I was just enjoying it. But one time, one thing I do specifically remember was at my nan's house, my brother and sister were all sort of laying there. Something, something was said. There was a back and forth. I remember turning around and being like, yeah, well, I did patch. And my brother turned around and went, so what? And I was like, oh, my God. And he just 
Oh. Uh, immediately, I shut down. And I think that, that's the only time I can remember anyway, thinking like, ah. <laughs> oh. And I mean, I would have been six or seven. I remember saying that. And my brother was like, and? And I was like, oh, wow. It, that doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it doesn't, like, really. He's, he's right. But that's when you pick up one of the free promo copies of the VHS and you smack him around the head with it. And right? You're like, there! <laughs> he's way bigger than me. I'm not endorsing so. <laughs> I'm not endorsing to any listeners to attack uh, older or younger siblings uh, with anything, never mind VHS copies of a Disney sequel. Um <laughs> Uh, this just this is a nerd question on my behalf. Like, have you did you manage to keep any sort of um, memorabilia from that job in particular, or or is it, or is it all, or is it all in here and in here? He says, gesturing to his head and heart. Uh, most of it we did. So the <laughs> I don't know where it is now. So the local Woolworths had a huge poster, like um, I don't know if it's a poster, sort of a cardboard. <clears throat> Poster, like one of the standees maybe. on release and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was in the window. And we had uh, a good friend of my mum's, her daughter worked there and they were going to throw it out. And she was like, oh, do you mind if I keep it? I know someone who might want this. And we took it. and ha- So we had it. I don't know if it's still at my mum's house, but that was a big old, must be six foot. For, oh, well, or maybe it's only two foot tall, but I was just tiny at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure it must be about, it's got to be like five, six foot. Uh, I don't know if I still have it, but I got that. And then there was little gifts I had sort of from the set. I've got uh, in the film, you know, there's Lars, who's, who's an artist and, and creates these paintings. And um, I was given as a gift an easel with one of the paintings on it. And it says joy and pain, actually, which is quite... And it's just one solitary black dot in the middle of a white thing. Where is that? I really, it's really cool. And I don't think I have it here, which means my mum might have it. I might have to get that because that would be cool to have on the, on the ball. If you, if you get to the point where you do allow yourself more games on your phone and you start, say, Twitch streaming, that needs to be in the background of your setup regardless. Do you think? Yeah, the hardcore Disney fans will go like, <gasps> and everyone else just go, you know, that's, that's a very, uh, very sort of um, evocative piece of modern art. It <laughs> says so much while saying so little. Um, I, I do hope this man feels both the joys and pains of life as it comes to him. And uh, he takes it in his stride. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they would. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm pitching, I'm pitching for a third one. That's all I'm saying. Um, so... <laughs> Dogs, dogs live beyond like fifteen, right? You could play the role. Uh, no, do you know what? Let's not go into that in case anyone listening who's very attached to their dog. Um, is mine out of earshot? She is. Okay, that's good. Right. So, um, it becomes a career eventually. Like performing arts creeps into your life a little bit more. But what is the first time you're like, oh shoot, I guess this could be, this could be my job now. Like this, this is career. This, this am, this am profitable. Me am have fun for work. That was yeah. That it was. It was just like that. Uh, just like that. yeah. It's a, that's the thought process. It's exactly how it's written out in Stanislavski. It's like you realize the job is, you know, you, you play the role, you take on the part, and you go. Me am have fun now. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. No, it was. So I did that. I did a few commercials. I did a few. I remember, I did the bill. Um. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, come on. If. if were were you in were you an actor in the early two thousands if you didn't pop up on the bill at some point? Right. Come on, um, come on! But I did a bunch of that, and then I watched because uh, I, I love the film Billy Elliot. We went to see Billy Elliot the musical, 
on stage. And I remember watching it and seeing Billy, or the lad who played Billy, frolicking around, doing his stuff. And I just wanted to be up there so bad. That is what I remember looking at and being like, oh, I want to, I really want to be there. And that was at the time I was choosing my options. I really, um, I sort of wanted to be a forensic scientist. Like I love CSI. Um, that was, excuse me, I like enjoyed um, school a lot, to be honest. Um, and I liked science and, you know, I enjoyed maths and stuff. And that was what I thought. Cause I was like, that's a, that's a job. And then it was watching Billy Elliot and realized I could do that and I choose my options and drama was a thing. I was like, oh my God, but I've been doing this thing for so long. And I, I had been getting paid, but I obviously I hadn't really, didn't have a concept of money then. Um, and my parents had sort of, I guess, sort of taken some story away. Or, you know, I hadn't seen it. And uh, so I just didn't, I, yeah, I thought, wow, like, I, I mean, maybe I should try and do that because I, I really enjoy this and I've already sort of started. Why not just? try and crack on with that and my parents were like well go on then i guess because a big a big worry for a lot of of parents and and guardians and stuff when when someone wants to get into performing arts and 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 theater or or music and such their first concern tends to be does my child you know does does my little one know that this is not necessarily a guaranteed solid thing like you're going to be making money it's going to be like it, it's not always as clear cut as that um but i guess your parents were kind of that they knew that you were aware of the industry to a degree do you think do you think that made them more encouraging because they knew that you could process it more already having started as a young age i think they because for a long time i remember having conversations with my mum and my mum was essentially like you've got these jobs because you're lucky the reason and you're like no i'm patch <laughs> i am a star mother <laughs> no, no i she was like well you're lucky you know it's been right place right time and that's why you're there and then and that's why you've done it and i think she's absolutely right like it's it's super lucky that i was doing those things and then it was the the unfortunate thing about the success i had as a kid is that it didn't pre- prepare me for the adversity i would face later on in my career um, ah, so it kind so when of it does it, get it, sticky it and I, introduced you to the world and but... as as amazing as my parents are and you know i wouldn't change a thing they very much i think were also um a bit of a sucker to my um success in quote marks i did say that but because because i'd got these jobs i think they went well he's he's, he's capable they said obviously it's going to be hard and you know actors are broke and all this stuff and I was like yeah so I sort of knew that but I think we all had this sort of optimism that because I've worked I will continue to work and I'm sure it'll be okay um which is a blind optimism I still sort of just carry on with anyway because I I choose that now but at the time I think once I hit 16 and I didn't need a chaperone to go to auditions anymore um and it was sort of like well you're 16 now my parents were like oh well you can take yourself to auditions cool and that was it. And then I was just sort of on my own doing this thing at 16. And I, I had no idea. And then, yeah. And then I got, so, because after, this isn't talking about like adversities. Cause I, so when I was, I did my, op, so I Billy edit and that, when I choose my options, you're about 13-ish. I then got cast in another Disney show called As the Bell Rings. And it was a sort of, 
intermediate sort of five minute episode show that they put in between um, normal scheduled programs. And uh, I did that for five minute, five minute things between the other shows on a kid's channel. It'll never work. It'll never it, work. Couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine anyone having right. to do that for. It was. A living. It was. That's disgusting. Interesting. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they. Um, well, basically, I got cut after they. I recorded it for two weeks. Me and the other league girl got cut. Damn. Okay. And that is why I said about when I was at Disney were really nice to me. Um, when. That's Disney on the phone. That now. was them calling me right now. I'd be like, <laughs> we hear you. Season desist. Yeah. Um, so I've. Muted my laptop, so that won't happen again. Um, I <laughs> they'll be knocking on the door next. <laughs> um, I got, but no. So um, obviously with Patch, uh, they I was on the I got the rub of the green and sort of was in the fortunate position to get cast. But then later on, yeah, they cut me, cut me in the lead girl apparently because they wanted a dark haired boy and a blonde haired girl, um, and just re- re- replaced us basically, cut me, and I was like, ah, oh, this is hard. This this job is is rubbish, uh, and that that got me really sad. Um, so that but that was about that was about fourteen, I think that happened, um, and that was all around choosing it as a career. So that was a bit of a wake up call. Mm. Um, yeah, and then uh, I went through, did my options, so I did my GCSEs, um, which was fine, and then I went to college like normal sort of academic college with the plan to then go to a dance drama college, sort of whatever I fancied. Um, I had a really great time at school. I went to college and I think I just, that's when I started to rebel. I think I found a way to sort of reinvent myself and I felt very comfortable at college, Um, you know, sort of socialising and just making new friends and realised that I could just, be a whole new type of person where I was definitely, that was a prefect at school um, and very much a, I'd say like a geek and, and, and just um, not really quiet. I'd just chat to, every, I'd chat to everyone, but I was very much, I'd work a lot and I felt very like, I was n- n- never in trouble. Like I think I had like two detentions in my life apart from not doing homework, but that's not really a detention. That's just staying behind to do the work they're supposed to do. That's just like extended school. So, um, but then I hit college and I just sort of was like, ah, and I started like just missing lessons because I didn't have to go. And I started just, yeah, I guess rebelling a little bit. And then, so I was falling out yeah. of college anyway. Um, and I had a, I remember having a chat with my dad and being like, I think I want to leave. And he was like, mm. why? And I was like, I did, like, I'm just not getting the, the, the support. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not, it's just not really for me. I think I want to act. I think I want to act. And then I got cast in House of Anubis. And, uh-huh. and I was like, see, look, I can leave. I've got this job. And my parents are like, oh, fine. <laughs> I guess because they're, they're like, look, you really need to consider your option. Uh, well, oh, you have an option. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, remember that there's an after this, but like, go for it, I guess. And I, I was kind of some, I had the same experience, but it's when I hit uni. It was my first two weeks, two, three weeks of uni. And there's a whole other story, but I was just like, they aren't giving me anything to learn. They're just sort of making us do stuff and they're not having us assess it or discuss it or dissect it in any way. Yeah. And I'm paying them at this point, boys and girls, this was in the late 2000s, three grand a year for this. And I was just like, I, why, why, 
me am why. So I'd started for the first time ever in my academic life, started skiving. I just was like, I'd, I'm paying to be here. I don't have to be here. I'm still paying. Yeah. And two, week, two weeks later, I'd got a couple little jobs and, and one was an audition, which turned out to be the one for CBBC presentation. And I was like, even if I don't get this, I'm confident I can find it out there. Mm. Um, getting Anubis... Did that sort of give you that confidence boost at that age to be like, okay, I I think I can make this work? Yes and no. It was so mm. I was sixteen when I got cast, and so you know college was going a bit weird, and I had sort of made the decision I was going to leave, um, and I knew I was going to leave at the end of the year and I was sort of hoping for this phone call and I started filling out my forms. Um, and so, so when you leave college, so I left out, yeah, I was going to leave after a year with my AS levels and I, they asked, there's a form and it's like current employment. You have to fill out sort of what your current situation. So current employment and I was like Domino's pizza. And then I said, what do you, what do you, why do, why do you want to leave? Or what do you, I think it said, what do you want to do when you leave? And I just put to act. I remember it said Domino's Pizza and to act in these boxes. <laughs> and I gave it to the library woman because you have to get it checked by your tutor and the library mm-hmm. and the library to see you haven't got any outstanding books, any outstanding stuff. So I gave it to the woman. And I remember she looked at it and kind of gave like a, hmm. and I was like, oh. Anyway, so she signed it. <laughs> She's your super villain origin story. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> He's like, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you all. I've actually told this in a wrong order. Actually, so I'll come back to this bit. So what had happened already? I've met my form tutor <laughs> and I'm there and I'm talking to her and I was like, so I'm going to leave. And she was like, well, I just don't think you're committed. You know, you haven't, you've done this. And I was like, well, I was like, to be honest, because I, I hadn't actually missed any of my drama classes because I loved drama I loved acting like I didn't sky for that anytime I missed that was for like auditions for Anubis or you know any auditions I had for like val- like valid reasons and she was like you know you haven't been coming in I was like but this is like act- drama I'm acting I'm actually acting outside I was like surely you of all people should understand I sh- I would I want to be able to come to you and ask questions and for help and you just shut me down and don't let me and she was like no um she was like, no, you, you should be committed. You're letting yourself down. You're letting everyone down. She was like, do you know what um, blah, 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 something like technical jargon is? And I was like, no. She was like, do you know what this is? And I was like, no. So he goes, see, I don't think you've got what it takes to make it in the professional world. And I was like, all right, miss, cool. I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah, Sign my that form. sort of attitude is... And I was like, you're oh. just like, I don't know why you're so angry at me. Like, I'm, like whatever. Anyway, so I left. Then I head to the library. Hand the thing in. She, the woman gives me the humph, signs a thing. I see some friends, start chatting to them, and they literally get a phone call from an agent. It's like, Bob, they've cast you in Anubis. You're going to play Mick Campbell. And I was like, oh, it's with my friends. I was like, go, 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 call my mum. Yeah. And like, so then, um, and I'm literally just like looking at the woman as I ran out, and then that was it. And so I was like, boom. And I remember for the next few months, like, obviously, that was amazing. I get cast. I move to Liverpool. I meet people who are still... You know, I, one of them's my housemate, my best friends today. Some like, you know, have this amazing time. First time in my life, I get this paycheck. I'm like, I've made it. I'm I'm the new like going to be in one of the new Nickelodeon show. Life is made, uh, and that was amazing. And so shot that, and it was during the first season. That a few things happened. One, 
I realised that I did not take my career or the job seriously or anywhere near as seriously as the other guys in the cast and maybe I should. I realised I knew absolutely nothing. I remember people talking about Laurence Olivier and I was being like, who is this Laurence Olivier fella? People talk about him. I don't know who he is. And everyone was like... Is he coming, is he coming tomorrow? Yeah. Like, who is he? People just hear his name bouncing around. Is he a bigwig? No. Uh, and <laughs> and it was certain people were a bit like, oh. And I remember having a chat with like the script supervisor and she wrote me a list of films to like to watch. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you should watch these films for the... Um, because these ones for the direction, like these are these directors who have done the actors in these films for these performances. You should do the. Uh, I remember like realizing that there was. It that I'm realizing like oh my gosh there is levels to this and I am just mm-hmm. to be hired as a kid you've got to be not camera shy have a little bit of an imagination and be somewhat able to just follow basic direction or like. Um, commands like action like go now and like okay and i and i just took you, that with you don't really have to think about hitting your light because someone will will usher you into position and do yeah. this that the other like you, there, there is more hand holding when you're younger for as of course as you get older you realize like legal reasons they only have you for a limited amount of time yeah. they it's like it's like bringing a small explosion into a controlled explosion area it's <laughs> like you do this thing fantastic you did it brilliant off you go right we now have to worry about the rest of it whereas suddenly you're an adult yes you've been handed you've been handed the grenade yourself and you're like um which bit make the boom but like after i leave it (laughs) what is this that is exactly kind of a shot it was it was really really interesting uh but then again, you were learning on the job. Like you, you had peers in, 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 like for example, you said the uh, was it the script editor was going like, here, just check this out, look into these things. Like you, you suddenly, you know, you, you were still in a learning environment. But I, I can imagine that wasn't necessarily a comfort at first. It was once you realised, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm missing this, or I didn't do that. I mean, yes, and I, do you know, I've always been comfortable, been very comfortable, like not knowing stuff. As in, I'm, I'm always very comfortable. Being like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know, mm-hmm. and I'm always happy. I like, I like learning new things, and I didn't really realize at the time. I think sort of the permanence of television, <laughs> the fact that you know, <laughs> it's now I look back and I see Anubis, and I'm like, oh goodness, because I, I genuinely think I improved a ton just in that first series alone, because we were there for four months, mm-hmm. and I think I come on like leaps and bounds. And that's nice to see. And but I, I wasn't really thinking about it at the time that that would be out there forever. But like, um, I just because I always hated watching myself from a kid to mm-hmm. up until a, a, a point. Um, I just I despised hating myself. I despised hating myself. I, I despised hating myself. That's a good. That's that's a good attitude <laughs> yeah. to have. Like self love. Yeah. No, I despised watching myself, and I was like anything I did. I just thought it was rubbish and I hated it and uh, and yeah and then but that was it so I did Anubis we did I did four months I did the first few series and then I I had money and essentially nothing to do because I was like cool we got another series come in like um, well I hadn't been confirmed at the time but obviously it was going to go again because everyone's amazing you know this is going to be great uh, my friends have just started going to uni. I've got money, so I just basically went on a a, a uni tour of my friends' 
um, sorry, a national tour of my friends' unis for the year, just visiting, couch surfing, just partying, just having fun. Like, and that's 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 what I did. And then I get the phone call, like, oh yeah, series two's going ahead, but Mick's going to move to Australia, and you're only going to be in for like six weeks. And I was like. Uh, yeah, and you know they say that it's because it's for they, they the producer and one of the writers pulled me in and at the when I went back and they were like you know Bobby it's very much it's just a it's it's nothing on you we just needed the storyline we needed you know all this stuff it's like it's nothing to do with you and I was there like I you know I appreciate you saying that but like cool okay like as in I think it's because you know people are always gonna. It wasn't the first time I've been cut from something, and that was because apparently they wanted dark-haired boy or whatever. And then this now, I'm there like, you know, as much as it might have been a storyline, but you don't cut off the strongest part of the chain. You, obviously, it's the weakest link that probably is going to go. Like, it makes sense. And But it was, obviously, I don't hold anything against them. I don't hold anything against anyone. Like, it is what it is. It's a, it's a business. And I was like, okay, cool. Um so that was when I was like, oh, this is, this is rubbish. And it's BS. I actually did, uh, so during that second season, because I was in the very beginning, uh, and then Mick flies to Australia, and then I come, sort of come back at the end for a surprise visit. And it was partially, well, I, just, I loved the, the cast and the crew and wanted to be around. And then also, I think, like my uncertainty at the time, I basically, I did work experience for a week in the sound department um, on Anubis. Uh, so I... Yeah, went up there and stayed for like, it was probably about two weeks because I'd probably come up early and then stayed longer. I was crashing on Alex's sofa. and um, But I went in every day and just as as a sounding and like, it was class. Like, I loved it. Um, and it, it, that made me just realise, my gosh, actors, you know, complain about early call times, complain about all this or that. I'm like, crew are on set from beginning to end. They have to do every scene. <laughs> Like, yeah, good, yeah. Uh, but that was a that was a really cool experience. It was it was eye opening and fun, and I you know I got to to still be on set, which I just love. I just love being on set. I love it's awesome. Would you say you're a set baby or a board treader? I don't know what's a board treader. Would you like? Uh, uh, would you say you 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 prefer you prefer the set environment to uh, stage environment? Sorry, um, yeah, or, or or is it kind of equal? Uh, uh, Hmm. I don't know because I'd love to do theatre. I haven't done it in a long time, um, uh, and that's because I haven't been cast in theatre stuff. N- not through me choosing to not. Do I mean, it. I mean, this year, darling, uh, well, it would be a mighty feat if you had. <laughs> <laughs> it would be incredible Can if you, you had imagine? this year. Um, no, I love. I mean, oh, I love the immediacy of theatre. I love the and I love obviously a lot. Of, but most of this time I've been on stage is dancing and stuff, and that I love. It's just a a thrill but um i also just love being on set though i'm that weird person who loves a night shoot i love i love it when it's raining and i, I just because i love how many people have to come together to make something work and the big lights and they're you know you're there dude. Like, who else is hanging around in the woods at three o'clock in the morning like no one you're a bunch of weirdos you're there and the thing i think i love about it is that no one would do this job if they didn't love it and that's why it infuriates me Although, when people pretend or they act, they forget that they love it and people are caught up in their stuff. And I'm like, come on, we love, like, we clearly all love this. We're so lucky to be here. Like, let's have a good time. 
True, though that being said, I can now imagine you on set for like up all night, for example, and just like you being, yeah, let's do this, come on, and Shannon just be like, oh, bloody hell. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, I must be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're an infectious joy, damn it. And obviously, you know, you, you, you made a mark because, you know, uh, roles and jobs kept to coming, which we're eventually... Uh, it segues into where we intersect, which is Wolfblood, which I don't know if you've heard of it. It was a, it was a thing that was on a, a channel called CBBC at some point. Or what? what? It was Blood Wolf. Bl- Bloody Wolves, I think it was called. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a mild success. It, it was, I think, maybe like four people saw it, and this, that. We're being comedically modest because we neither of us can handle compliments. Um, <laughs> Wolfblood was flipping huge on cbbc i remember um the atmosphere at cbbc presentation just sort of just before it came around like new shows would debut all the time and i was one of the like sort of presenters that would go could i have a preview disc of each show like i always wanted to watch a couple of episodes in my time not in studio of whatever was about to start just to get a sense of it and you know be like okay so when i'm saying to the kids this is next and it's really good and this that and the other i'm saying it with some actual like knowledge in my head of the thing um without just sort of blagging it because you could very easily do that just be like, oh come up next to this it's amazing you're all gonna love it and a kid will look at you and go you've not watched it <laughs> you've not seen it do you know what yeah. i mean they can tell they can tell if you don't mean it and and uh wolf blood was one of those where like before i got given the preview disc people going oh have you watched the wolf blood episode yet have you seen it yet i'm like no they're like oh, okay i'm like wait what what's that about what's, what's going on there and it's just because everybody who'd previewed it or watched the clips or watched the full first two, it was first two episodes um, had that sense of, oh, this is different. Mm. Okay, this is like, because mm, CBBC dabbled in genre drama, but at that point it was kind of quiet. It was just sort of, uh, the, the Young Dracula revival hadn't happened yet. Uh, I think there was sort of a snowball effect with Wolfblood that kind of led to that because I know there was sort of a bit of near crossover with the the the, the desire to have a, a genre older audience aimed drama at that point and i know i think dracula was being optioned like for a comeback to do that but then they were like no we don't want to do this but then like you know debbie moon's wolf blood comes around and it's like that happens and here it is uh and like sarah jane adventures was on but that was kind of it for cbbc original genre stuff at the time um it made its mark and i can't think of of another show that had a noticeably um like really eager fan base on CBBC that we could feel it in that tiny studio, because you know we we you've been in you've been in the CBBC HQ uh, five studios in Media City. It, yeah. It's a small room with some tripods in it <laughs> and news round in one corner. Like you 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 have your scripts, your floor manager, maybe a talking dog, and that's that's your environment. Yeah. Uh, and yet. Wolf Blood was one of those shows where you read the emails, you see the pictures that the kid like the younger kids are drawing. And you're like, yeah, this has clicked with people. Um, could you tell when you got that job that like, oh, this is something a bit different? So it was, um, so obviously I'd, I'd so essentially been cut from Anubis and then I found out I wasn't in Series 3 at all and that was a low point. I was like, ah, oh, this is rubbish. And I was going to go visit my friend, shout out to Quibs. I was going to go visit him at, at university. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and I got this audition. I had an audition in ages. But I had like almost none in so long, and I got this thing through, and it was just CBC. I think of Wolf Blood, and I started reading it, 
And it was one of those feelings. I was reading literally the character breakdown, the thing, and I felt this like it come over me, and I was like, I've got this part before I'd even read anything. I literally read it and I was like, oh my God, I've got this part. I've got, yes, okay. And I just, mm. I literally called up my friend. I was like, mate, I can't come see you. I've got this audition tomorrow and I need to, I, I want to go in, like I, I need to apply myself here and stop being silly. Like I need to, and he was like, yeah, cool. And I, I've always had friends who have been really supportive and, and didn't, didn't blink for a second. It was like, yeah, no worries, man. So, I remember started, I started reading it and I, I have never really done this, uh, but I wrote out in a journal, so I writing all this stuff and I drew like these pictures and the idea of the of Ridians just sort of started just coming to me like, and I just thought he was so cool. That was my first thing. I was like, to play this character is so cool. This is, I just felt lucky and like, so I had the audition the next day. We had recalls in the evening. Mm. So I think I found out about this on Monday. I auditioned on Tuesday. Found out I got the job on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, so I found out I got the job on Wednesday. They were like, tomorrow you're going to on a train to Newcastle. Uh, you start shooting on Monday. I literally got on the train. They picked me up Ooh. from Newcastle train station, took me into a room, and everyone is sat there for the um, for the read-through. It was the last person to walk in the door. And everyone had already been cast. And it was, it's weirdly enough, so the one audition I did have was a few weeks before was Wizards versus Aliens. No, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, okay. So yeah. I got yeah. close. I got a recall for it. I don't know how close, but I had a recall for that. And when I didn't get that, I was gutted. Um, and I was like, oh, this this is this is a damn shame. Because I thought that was really cool. Um, and then when I got the... But then I got the Wolfblood one, and I was like, oh. And when I got cast in that, I was like, I think this, this character is like better. This show is like, this is quite cool. And then it was during... As I did the read-through, we start doing the stuff... We start shooting, and it was during the filming. Just realised, I think, having been on maybe Anubis and seeing the, just the just the terms of like just the story, um, hmm. and the script and what is what was happening and some of the detail that was put in and some of the crew they had and I was like, there there was something that changed all of us in the cast. We started to realise that this could actually be really good. And I remember during the first season, start, it started ticking, being like, this is this could be a really good show here. This is this is cool. Everyone was gelling. Everyone was really getting on. And I remember looking around being like, I think everyone's good. And obviously there's me being like, <laughs> as in, I hope I'm not. Because the, the, I remember <laughs> thinking everyone's a good Anubis. And that's because I was the, I was the, the like thought was like the worst part of it. And then so I'm there being like, everyone's really good. I, was like, I hope this doesn't work out again. Um, but then, I mean, luckily, people seem to like take to Ridian, and uh, my gosh, did people take to the show? Like, yeah, it was just huge. And then getting get involved, like meeting yourself, like getting involved in CBBC, uh, they were really happy to have us to, to sort of accommodate us and welcome us in. And, and you know, I always loved my, my trips to Manchester and started doing all that stuff. And it just, yeah, it was amazing, man. To look back on that time was just, you know, we shot for four months in Newcastle and and again, still so close to the cast. It was a dream come true, man. And Ridian to this day is still just the coolest guy ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, there, there's, there's always, especially a show aimed at like, um, 
preteens, teens, and, and young adults because it definitely crossed that barrier. We I knew we had audience members for that show who were like in their late teens, early twenties. Were like, no, this is my jam. Like, this is the sort of stuff I wished I'd had a few years ago. Yeah. So I'm absolutely tuning into this um, to play that role because Ridian was basically the angel of that show like the mysterious i mean obviously you learn more about him as it goes on but like that mysterious thing there's the broody thing mm. like it doesn't hurt that you're like the most handsome man i've ever <laughs> met um which which Stop. was very difficult for me whenever you guessed it in the office you you get but um Stop. you know normally i had to compete with a brush with a, like a face and a you wig get- and accent <laughs> and you, you swine but like it's to, to have that kind of that kind of part like it, it's He's sort of one of the few kids TV, and I say this with no amount of corniness, he's one of the very few kids TV bad boys, if that makes any sense. Oh, do you know man, what I mean? I would like, take it, that all day long. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's one of those where you're sort of like, okay, like someone says, oh, I loved him because he was a bit of a bad boy. And you look back at the program and it's something from the 80s and 90s, and you're like, come on, really? Like, really? Whereas Ridian is, is very much embedded and, and, and you can see the inspiration. Like I mentioned Angel. You can sort of see that, like, the sort of stuff that Debbie clearly like took took inspiration from in terms of tone and everything mm. is shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and things like yeah. that are very much in its DNA, which means that the characters in it, you know, uh, Maddie and Co, like they're all very refined. They're all very much like, no, this this show knows what genre it is. So no one here is a parody. No one here can be deconstructed as and again, I hate using this phrase, but people know what I mean. And I mean, not I mean, not disrespect, but like, it can't be deconstructed as like, oh, it was just kids TV. Like, it can't be deconstructed right. that way. To the point where the BBC itself went, mm, we're going to start putting this on BBC Three from time to time. Yeah. Like, because of of course you would, of course you would. It's perfect early evening BBC Three stuff. It it it's it. If we were in the nineties, and I know you you'll definitely have been watching this sort of stuff as I was. It's BBC Two weeknights. You know what I mean? Simpsons, Fresh Prince, Star Trek, yeah. you know, stick on Wolf Blood, it would fit right in. Although everyone would go, What is this high definition? Yeah. Why does this look better? <laughs> what do you mean this program has time travelled backwards? Yeah. Um And I, I think that's part of the reason why it still finds a fan base. Um it is one of those shows where its popularity has sustained despite having, you know, two iterations it, it rebooted after series three and had two further series with a different setting uh, uh there's still call for more of it i'm told by friends at presentation that 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 often is a show that is asked about in emails mm. from kids and older kids alike who are just like is there going to be more like what what's going on um it's one of the few cbbc shows to have actually pretty much had all of its seasons out on dvd in one territory uh, Germany, obviously, but folks, there's an English language option. Buy them if you want them. Uh, it's region two. It works. Because uh, that re- that's really rare as well for BBC stuff, even obviously when it's co-production with the companies, for it to live on in physical media really? uh, and digital media. Because, yeah, because, well, BBC are like, well, we've got iPlayer. People can watch it here. But every now and again, a show's like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a handful I can think of that have had their complete run released on region two. And Wolfblood's one of the few ones that has. And it's again, like I say, couple series of UK releases, couple of them are German, but it's still that whole thing of people want this. They would like it yeah. thingy. So it made a mark. And I'm glad it did because um it's part of the reason why we got to hang out so much at CBBC. Cause I was promoting 
the programs I was doing weekends and then afternoons uh, throughout, uh, I think the first three series, I think series three went out in my last last year in the afternoons or, or just after my last year in the afternoons. Because, um, of course, you did the, the, the first three series, so OG run, OG Wolfblood, Wolfblood the first generation. <laughs> um, and uh, it meant that we did a lot of promotion with you guys. In fact, it might be series one. You, you can probably remember this if, if I'm slipping up. It was either series one or series two. For the entire first week, um, we had one of you guys from the cast in each day, and I think I think they stripped like the first um, five episodes or something across a week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that, that was series or, or, two. Because series one, series two. I think they they sort of brought us in, and it was you know we did the odd little bit here and there, and I think they were like, right, let's hmm. we'll maximize series two. And by that time, a few of us had done a bunch of the sort of presenting stuff. I had experience in the studio is probably a better way of putting it. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think it was series two. I can't remember. Yeah, because that happened and I think they did a similar thing for series three, but it's a bit blurry that time. I ended up, because I mean, we spent loads of time together. I mean, it was great fun. I I I loved that, man. It was so good. I loved that. Across a couple of summers, um, there was spots where like we just, we needed we needed relief. We needed an extra human being there either. Cause like Phil was ill twice. Hacker was off with the like bloody tonsillitis and, and his appendix burst and all this stuff. Like he was, he was out of action a bunch of times. And whenever those times rolled around, the first thought of course at production was right. Can we, can we get like Ian to fill in here? Can we get Chris to fill in here? Can we get Katie to fill in here, etc. And it got to a point where like I and a few others went, well, let's just, let's just get, let's just get a guest in. Let's get a guest in to, to fill in for some time, like fill in for some days. That'd be a laugh, which resulted in, and I'm, I'm, this isn't, this isn't just because we're on call. This is absolutely true. And I revisited one of these days on YouTube last night, my favorite week of content I've ever made for CBBC was what I call Bobby week, where for a whole week, you were either my co-presenter or Katie's co-presenter for a whole week. And we did the most surreal, weird, awkward stuff. Oh, mate, it was, and it was it ridiculous. Was, it was bizarre. And it was down to the fact that like you'd been such a good sport and you got that world when you'd come to do the promotion. Like when a guest comes in for a show, because I've got I've got to ask you about this before we go into into Bobby Week. Um when a guest came in for a show, like part of our role is to be hospitality, like is, is to make the guests feel comfortable. Because sometimes it's one link and they come, hey, how you doing? Oh, let's get friendly, ask some questions, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's like a whole afternoon and it's a CBBC show. So they might be like 12. The guest might be very young and it's very intimidating. Wait, we're live. Who do I look at? Do I look at the dog or do I, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, And then some guests maybe feel that and then immediately just get it. And you were one of the ones who always got it immediately. Um, What was, what, what's your recollection of first popping into that, that room to be like, right, I guess I'm here to promote something, but, I'm doing it to a talking animal. What is happening? I, do you know, I watched a bunch of like kids TV as a kid. And it did, do you know, it's something that for someone who has doubted their ability for so long, uh, like it was something that I, I felt, com- I felt comfortable there. So, and it just felt fun. And it felt like the, I think often with there is, um, 
I'm very, you know, get self-conscious, or I get self-conscious when I'm acting, and I'm trying to do things right, and I want to be, and it felt like the wheels were off, I was like, we could just, we could do whatever now, and it doesn't, it's fun, <laughs> like, the, the, the goal is, because it, 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 a lot of, because uh, uh, it's live as well, it just felt, I, d- I don't know, man, I just, I just loved it, and I think, and you were super um, accommodating, and everyone made me feel very welcome, and I just loved, because I'm, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a bit goofy, and silly, and, and I think like that humor, I just I like it's that's a bit of me. So it, yeah, I I just remember that week so fondly, so fondly. Are there any sort of skits or sketches you did when you when you crossed into us or like Hacker Time or things like that? Where you're like, I I can't quite believe that that was a thing, but we did. Oh, it. Lin- the Linny Babes one. Because <laughs> uh, that's what I, I thought you were going to read up me. So the, the the two that I remember is that me and Hacker had a baby. Yes, that was <laughs> I forgot about that, that was yeah. that was odd, <laughs> but but still, like I mean, because I went like Warwick come up to me and was like, "Man, I watched it back and I just thought I don't know if we've crossed the line here. We've, we're stepping into some weird territory, and I don't really know what it was." And he he come up to me and the look on his face, I was like, "Oh my!" It felt like harrowing for him. That was. Hilarious. And then me and you, so I guess for those listening, like Linny Babes is what we call my mum. Right? We've called it me, like me. Uh, I don't even know. How did Linny Babes start? I, I think, I can't remember if someone at her work called her Linny Babes or something. And then it's just, now we just chuck around Linny Babes for fun. And for some reason we were at the, on the desk. And I can't remember what the sketch was. It was something, we've got a guest and, Oh, you! I think you go and your mum, mum's here, and I'm like, "Is Linny Babes here?" And it's the dummy yeah. with an apple in its mouth. It was, it was yeah. Uh, as, as you describe it, and you use this phrase multiple times on the afternoon, a dirty old mannequin. <laughs> Which, this is why it's one of my favourites because I remember it. Like we made in in the in the four years of lives, and then the two more years of Shout Saturday, we did thousands of links like in in that six years i was there thousands of links but i remember that day so clearly and i'm so grateful to those enthusiastic fans who upload things to youtube because these things happen once and then they're gone that exists and i will send you the link after this recording because the the plot of that whole afternoon is like i'm just doing weird yonko nonsense and and you're kind of putting up with it all afternoon there's a bit where like we have a dragon for some reason that's made of an apple and like i end up biting it because i'm like it's not real it's not real and all this and you go like when did it get weird for you and i'm like i'm not sure how about you and you're like when you bit the dragon i'm like yeah a little bit and it's like this isn't a link and and by the end of the afternoon these apples keep cropping up and you keep like pointing them out and then eventually i think I, it's something like i've invested in app apples because I heard overheard a businessman in the corridor talk about it, and you're like, "It's apps, what? Invest in apps? Oh!" And then we spend the rest of the afternoon trying to get rid of this like twenty thousand Apple batch that we've spent money on. It's it's the it's the weirdest thing ever, and it. it <laughs> I think they tested the water earlier in the week because there was a thing that week where like. I'm I'm being like a gushing over you, like being a mega fan and everything. And like, I'm sorry, I know it's being weird. And I, have, I think I have like a lollipop with your face on it. And I'm just licking it <laughs> profusely. 
And then it's like, this has, this has been weird ever since like, you invited me around to your house or whatever it was. And it's like you eating dinner. And you, I said, was that nice? You're like, yeah, it's perfectly. Nothing nothing uncomfortable at all. Thank you for that. And I'm like, great. Would you like some dessert? Yeah, what is it? Your hair. <laughs> got these scissors. And I'm like, your silky, beautiful hair. And it's like, this is... This and I think, I think having you as a guest for that week gave gave that week that kind of that that excuse to be different because it was like for a whole week, somebody who to the audience is a star of one of the shows, who's up for this nonsense completely for a whole week they're joining us like as a member of the office, so let's push it a little further than usual. That's great, man. Because when you do these sorts of things with a puppet, no one bats an eyelid. Yeah. But when you do them with two humans in the room, <laughs> people start to go, wait, what? He's going to eat his hair. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Why is that a thing? So I guess I want to retroactively thank you for that because uh, it's one of my favourite afternoons of TV I ever worked on. It was so creepy. Mate, I loved it. I had a <laughs> class. I had such a good time. I only have fun memories. And, mate, thank you for having me. I was always so grateful to be there. Like, Because you guys, that's that's one thing I felt as well, is that like you guys are all so talented. Like you are yourself, like just the, bra- what, the brain in your head uh, is needs to be studied <laughs> examined yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but like but really like how you're able to just riff off stuff and seeing you work i was like oh you are you are elite at this like as it were before i was talking about levels i was like you no know, because i think as well some people go like ah, oh, you know kids tv you can, you can like mess around do what you want it's silly but mate you are such a pro like Bless and you, it was, it's Very true and then say. obviously like film work and that and i was like this is this is nuts so just to be to be involved and mate i'd ha- I'll, I'll happily be the butt of a joke if it means like getting the chance to hang around and mess around with you guys like it's co- like I, I had a, i had a, an amazing time an amazing amazing time there. well i could borrow a friend's id card and we could just sneak into media city sometime soon and be like right this is what's happening now. Can you imagine? Because um, you, 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 you were you were across CBBC. Like uh, uh, Wolfblood, I guess, led to several other opportunities to work on stuff. I mean, you did like a documentary series about wolves. Yes. You uh, moved into all over the place. Like became part of the all over the place family. Yeah. What was that like? Because that was um, that was which series did you first join? Was it Europe or Asia? Asia. I went to China. I only did it once. Ah, wow. Unfortunately, I know, but like. Come on, let's let's be honest. Like, if it's like, oh, we just need you on for this series, great, cool. What am I doing? We're taking you to China. Oh yeah. Like, what? Because that sh- that show was always a tough one. That they, they, they had to they had to minimize the amount of cast for Europe and Asia because, of course, like it's the BBC. You don't want to spend too much money, and it gets very expensive when you're suddenly going abroad. But it's you know it's completely within remit of like the spend, etc., etc., etc. But still. Added new cast members, it was like that's not going to happen. And then I saw, wait, Bobby's doing this series. <laughs> like, oh, brilliant! That's amazing. What was that like? What, what was that phone? Was that phone call initially just like, eh, Bobby? Uh, we'll take it to the side of the world. Anyway, I'll pick you up Friday. Turn yeah, I, I can't remember. I remember just sort of getting an email because a bunch of times, you know, it'd be like, oh, we've got this CBBC thing through. Um, mm-hmm. oh, that's how I. It sort of did, like, do you fancy doing this and. You know, because I've done sort of, I guess, dug in my homework, did the documentary. I did um, prayers. I did Match of the Day Kickabout. 
did some presenting stuff. Yes, you did a stretch on Kickabout, um, yeah. Uh, you did uh, live in Newcastle Gateshead as well. You, yes. You were one of our uh, featured presenters at that event as well. Did that. Did, uh, so I'd done a few things, and they were like, oh, there's this show called All Over the Place. Um, do you fancy, like, and I looked, and I was like, I saw a few people had, that I knew had already done it. And I was like, okay, so, then, you know, I know it's, because like I learned a lesson many moons ago not to just say yes and actually know that you're doing a legit thing. Because there is a video out there of me on the internet and I signed up to a thing and I did not know what it was. <laughs> and I got there and immediately regretted it. I mean, that's not, an, that's not an easy one to do, that show in general. It's really like you, you, you're you going off of scripts, yes, they've been researched meticulously, but you're also having to really react on the fly. And and I guess it's a different skill set. How, uh, nah, do you, how, you're in, how do you present in China, feel? It was class. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, I'm like, because I love, I love seeing new places, seeing new things, I love cultures, I love... So as soon as I saw the thing, I was like, they want to take you to China. I was like, boom, I'm in, 100%. Like, Bring it yeah, on. All day long. And then just being there was, uh, oh, it was fascinating. Like, it was so good. Um, it, it was, it had its draw, but it was, it was interesting. Some of the film, obviously, nothing goes smoothly, you know. It's, so some of that, just having to wing oh, yeah, stuff. It's, it's, but again, Ed. Yeah, there's a lot of winging. There is a lot of winging. Yeah. But Ed, Ed's a great wingman. Like, he, he, he can carry, like, you know sail through like the situation and put you in the right direction he you know he'd been doing it uh for so long he was just a he's just a pro man he he was like again they were there and there's stuff because we had a load of issues we went to see the pandas in chengdu which was great but then the people they said they were going to do stuff then they didn't then they essentially just messed us around loads Mm. and then that but they managed to work it and managed to write in this joke and they did this thing and ed was really annoyed about something as well like because something happened but this didn't work and the script wasn't and so this didn't this didn't make sense and he was so like but he managed to you know they put their heads together and did it and then I, again i'm just sort of watching that going like okay cool yeah i'll just tell me where to go and i'll say my lines <laughs> i'll just wave at these pandas it's cool yeah. um, well, we ended up dressing well, like, up as it, pandas it, and like rolling down this hill and like <laughs> just that is funny, man. <laughs> like really funny. That wasn't even filmed. That was that was just a that was a warm up for the oh, day. Yeah. That was, didn't even make it into the show. It was just like, <laughs> right, lads, come on, get these on, get these on. Some of the Christmas party. Um, it's it. It's the skill sets aren't too dissimilar. Um, which I've learned over the years because, like, I you know, I I still consider myself an actor because that's where I started, and and I just happened to spend <coughs> some of that time telling people when Tracy Beaker was on whilst dressed as a a clown or whatever. But like. You know, the skill sets do cross over with presentation, especially family presentation. Um, did you did you find yourself sinking naturally into that when you work on on these shows and and suddenly be in the role of yeah? So you're not playing anyone; it's it's you and you're steering this ship for them. Um, Go. Yes, I know. I uh, I found if I have to, you know, in, introduce a bit, I found that fine. Being able to be like, oh, cool, welcome to, the, and I was like, I, for me, I was like, I'm just having a conversation. I'm just, it's for me, it's just normal, it's just stuff. What I found tricky was the first time I had to interview someone. Was they were like, cool, you're going to interview. Here's your questions, here's your thing, and I was like, no one's told me how to do this. And I suddenly, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. there's a clip. Uh, I'm talking, and I didn't know how to link their answer to the next question because in my head, so I, <laughs> I asked the question. Uh, I gave the answer and I just went, yes. And then said the next question <laughs> because I didn't, because I, I, in my head I felt like I needed to respond naturally, but didn't have, I didn't know. I well, really, I could have gone, Oh, cool. Or even, I don't know. I could have said anything 
anything but yeah. yes. <laughs> like it was, it was weird <laughs> and just odd. And uh, and I was, I, I found that that strange. Just to when really, why can't interview? I don't know. I think I was trying to make it too much like a conversation when it was really an interview, which is it is different. And that I I did find weird. Well, I guess it's because you have to think of it as a package. It's not, um, you know, it, it, it's not like, say, radio where you can time yourself and go, right, we're going to go to the next track at this point or, or you know, say presentation where you've got an earpiece in and somebody's saying 30 seconds. Uh, you, you suddenly, uh, you're, as a presenter, especially on site, like talking to someone who maybe has never been interviewed for TV before, so there's that element and you're having to, like, play with that. Um, you're having to picture the edited piece in your head a bit and think, right, how can I keep this succinct? Mm. But also not, you know, not not make it so static as like this, 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 thank you for your time. You kind of want it to, especially with a show like all other place where it's like full of energy and, and things like that. It, it's it's all, it's enthusiastic about learning and, and showing off the world. Uh, what's the daftest thing you did for that show specifically? What was the weirdest thing? I mean, dressing up as a panda is pretty, pretty out there. As in on camera or off camera? <clears throat> well, uh, we'll stick to on for for topicality's sake. Well, not only because I mean, I did something. Uh, this is just my own idiocy. I'm in I'm in China, so I was like, you know what? Uh, they're at a restaurant. They do pig's uh, snout, and I was like, right. I was like, well, I can't get this anywhere else. I'll order a plate of that. I eat it. Like all the everyone else looking at me like you're a weirdo. I ate it. It was so ill for 24 hours, like really bad. But oh, luckily, that was the one day off we had, so ultimately didn't matter. Oh, there you go. You could say that it was a strategic sickness. Oh yeah. You planned. You were like, if I'm going to experiment, I'm going to do it. Yeah. When I can stay in bed tomorrow. That's it. Um, <laughs> Let's roll. So did that. <laughs> that was silly. But no, I, I mean, I ate. I ate rat. Yes, yeah. On camera, that's a thing that happened. That was, but that yeah. was, I, it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite bony. Do you know what was nice? There was uh, the sort of like grubs, like the witchy grub kind of things. They reminded me of what yeah. They were delicious. I like munched a bunch of them. <laughs> well, they were like sort of crispy on the outside and uh, like sort of hollow in, I think hollow in the middle. But they had a bit of a crunch and they were they were delicious. I remember really enjoying those. Um, what other city? Oh, this is quite funny. We got to this. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, we hiked up in this this big trail, got to the top of this mountain where apparently there's this amazing, like, in, there, there's this incredible view, and it's in the script. We're saying how much we can see over all of the part of China that we're in. I actually can't remember the place because we because we travel each day. We're in like a different place. Um, <clears throat> so this was the, in the bamboo forest, and we get all the way up to the top bit, but it was so cloudy and foggy that we just couldn't see anything. We scripted the whole thing, and we yeah. had to change it to. Yeah. Behind us is supposed to be one of the greatest views in China, and we can't see what's going on. <laughs> and that was just that was hilarious because the whole bit was about this view, and there was no view. But you'll have to at home. You'll have to use a search engine to yeah. see what it looks like normally. Good day to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also had to dress up as a who... dragon and do a dance and eat lettuce as the dragon. The dragon had to eat lettuce. Again, was that for the show or was that just for the amusement of like Nat and G going like, go on, just go on, do it, do it, go on, it'll be funny, go on. So we had to do this traditional like dragon dance thing. These guys are like playing music to our, our doing it and and it was, that was bizarre. I mean, there's just a crowd of people, our locals just watching us and 
I, I, I just hope I didn't offend anyone. I guess you have to filter out. Like I, this is how I get through it when when doing the those on on site stuff for all over the place and shows like that. You kind of have to filter out everyone around you as though they were like cameras and you were not filming a presentation piece. Like I just think of it as being on a film set instead of being like, I, you're not there. You're not there. My focus is doing this, and I'm doing this yeah. now. And then you sort of finish the piece. You turn around, and like you know, we were in Mumbai, and there's a crowd of like seventy people just stood there to the side watching what you do, and you're like, hi. <laughs> Like while, while dressed as like Snape in a spice market, and I'm just like, this is weird. This is weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stroll right on. <laughs> for those who, for those who don't know what sort of it, it's it's like um, to be an actor uh, in the 21st century. Um, like we've spoke about this on previous episodes, but there is a lot of juggling of jobs. You move from thing to thing, like all the time. Sometimes outside, obviously, of the profession. Sometimes within. Um, do you think you found a good balance like when when it comes time to be like right nothing's happening right now I'm gonna work and do this for a bit or I'm gonna do that like do you do you feel like you found the balance and if so please tell me how because uh, uh my brain it not be happy <laughs> do you mean as in because I essentially as in if if I've just got if I get not a lot of money if if, I've, if I'm running out of money I'll get in like a a job outside the profession is that what you mean is in like do i yeah like have you have you found have you found a way to to balance that 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 is sort of like you've got it down pat now you know you can switch from a to b to c and and so forth and if so what would you say to those who perhaps maybe weren't aware that it's not it's not always one thing it's it's not it's not a continuous job acting is not one thing that goes on throughout the year unless you're dwayne johnson unless you're yeah and even then, you've got to start tequila business. You've got to sell trainers. Like, there's, he's even so he's grafting. Like, he's grafting between acting yeah, jobs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so I've, I had a few, I've had a few different jobs. Obviously, Domino's Pizza uh, and then... <laughs> Domino's Pizza, act. Yeah, there <laughs> that <is>. was it. <laughs> like, um, and then, but, but, so I moved to London a few years ago and a friend of mine was working in like a gym a boutique they do gym they do classes like a boutique fitness studio and they were looking for that front of house and it turns out that a ton of performers do these jobs and because the shifts sort of fit the lifestyle fits you're able to sort of get cover and still go to auditions and you get a free gym membership which is great um uh so i sort of did that for a, like a bunch of well for yeah three years three years I've been living in London and then mm. was sort of one of the gyms I was working at closed. Unfortunately, I'd just done a job and I decided I was like, ah, I'm going to, because I was looking at jobs and then decided just like, you know what? I'm going to go to class again. Uh, so I just, for like two months straight, just went to acting class every day um, mm. to, to get back in the swing of things. And then fortunately from there I managed to, book a couple of jobs and I haven't picked another picture job up back yet. I applied mm. for a job pre pandemic, but didn't get it. Yeah. That's uh that's an eerily familiar yes. scenario. Um, yeah. So now, but fortunately <laughs> yeah. the grant helped me out and got me through the old self-employed thing. That was useful because before that I was like, I'm screwed here. I'm, I, I need a job. Like, um, 
And then obviously, I think again that it, it, it's sort of a myth. The myth that needs to be dispelled is that there is a fragility to this this line 100%. of work in terms of its consistency. And, and and you know that's you know post pandemic, like it will, I imagine, be very much the same. Oh, well, then again, there won't be any actors, will they? Because we'll we'll all have uh, re- rethought and retrained, of course, by that point, and uh, yeah. we'll all be in cyber. But um, <laughs> uh, but no, I've had I've but, dipped in and out in and out of jobs um, in between the in between acting and that you know that's something that i felt weird about social media is that i because i didn't post loads anyway but i felt somewhat a pressure to post and i realized most of my followers because i've done acting stuff and then i was like ah, oh, like i want to just i guess post my day today but then do people want to see the fact i'm at work i'm getting up at six o'clock to do a shift and stand be i think be it's a, a half half thing and i was like i think it's a half half thing personally so, it's, it's midway between because people i think i think people need to know that you know, it, it is about hard work and applying yourself in general. And, and sometimes that means not doing an acting gig and doing another thing for a bit or fitting it around. But at the same time, I know what you mean. There is a big portion of like a following you'll get from a project who that it just won't compute. They'll be really confused by it and be like, I don't, I don't get it. What's this? Where's I want, I want this. I want to follow you for this reason. And this yeah. and the other. so I kind of, I kind of completely get why you're going, do you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that extra layer of content curation. Like, I think that. it's just like I let, always let me be me. Yeah, I want. I'm trying to be like my authentic or like my truest self, whatever. I don't know what that means, but I'm trying not to just. That's one thing. I like. I don't take myself that seriously, so I've never taken social media that seriously. And I think it just it got to the point. I was looking at myself on social media, and I thought this is the page of a child, and if if people are gonna profession i'd rather i'd chat with my manager and i was like is it bad if i'm not on it and he was like to be honest no because if any professional is looking at your page they're not gonna hire you like it's not like like <laughs> and i was just like it just feels it feels just i just felt a bit weird to me so but um yeah no i mean yeah jobs all day long and no doubt i'll have to get another job soon and that's that's just that's the way it is. I think it's yeah, it's funny because sometimes people will be like, "Oh, you, you, you know, you're on that thing." Or like, "Oh, yeah, you're on that. You know, you earned money when you did that show ten years ago." And I'm like, "Yeah, I did <laughs> ten years ago." Yeah, thanks, guys. I, think, guys. I don't know Cheers. if people think, "Oh, because you hit the t- you know TV, you get that those lovely royalty monies." And I'm like, "That's a thing of the past. Are you joking? That doesn't happen." <laughs> and like, how much do you think it is? Sometimes I get a check for like I did, you know, like the bill. I don't know. No, actually, the bill's not shown anymore. Um. I did I don't know, an episode of something I did, and I'll literally get like thirty eight p, and and, yeah. I, and I'm like yeah. that's I can't obviously yeah of course I've got to get another job. Just putting the contract together. How do you spell uh, how do you spell residuals? Uh, it's b u y o u t. Oh right. Oh ah. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, that I mean that I think that's again that's quite important to to make clear to to those who are thinking about going into acting or presentation or, or dance and whatnot is is like uh yes i think we can't i don't think i mean correct me if i'm wrong maybe you've had jobs with this that this that and the other's not the same but like i can't knock any paycheck i've had for a job it's always a, like you look at it and you sort of go i'm getting paid to do this for this today that's kind of brilliant but the reason it is that way is because a job doesn't necessarily then come along again for a while yeah Exactly. Right, or or something doesn't happen immediately, or like you say, stuff could be shown ad infinitum, but residuals aren't like a profit thing anymore. That's kind of been beaten out of the industry 
by by contracts people over the last sort of 10 20 yeah. years and it, it's not really it's not what it once was where it's like oh i did that advert 10 years ago and i'll be honest it's covered it's covered my uh, my tax every january for the last 10 years it's like no nah, it doesn't no. happen anymore that's not that's not that's why you see so many actors nowadays will post occasionally on social media like oh i can't wait to cash this in and it's like you say it's like 38p yeah for a thing that they put their heart and soul into years ago and you're like yeah sure. that's because that's the thing. I was, what a great deal! You, know, per, you might uh, <laughs> earn, you know, like per hour or per day on a job. You know, you could earn X amount of money for four weeks and be like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" For four weeks, like, yeah, if you were to do that all year round, you're laughing. But that's the only four weeks you're going to work this year. So then you're like, yeah. that's, that's not. It doesn't. You can't live on that. So these the roundabout to that, the swing and roundabout situation, of course, is that you're getting to do some that you love which we've spoken of this in the past like is definitely something not to be scoffed at it's awesome to think like oh my god like i i earned that money that i did that time to be part of that which i can then you know i I, it's something i love doing i can physically show people that like we did this look at that like but at the same time it's your skill, it's your application, it's your work ethic that gets you these things. If you're ever told by somebody above you, oh, do you know what? You should be, you should be really, uh, you're very lucky, very fortunate to be here. It's, it's a case of going, I am, yeah, but I'm also good at what yeah. I do. And that's why I'm here. Like, it, it's not the universe is, the universe isn't going, here you go, kid. Take this for a moment. Sure. Go on. There you are. Right. And now we can bollock you for this. And it's like, no, no, no. You've, you've, you've applied yourself and you have very clearly, um, based on like your work ethic, the way you, you approach roles, like the way you critiqued yourself earlier on in your acting career and like really start to go, right, I need to do more of this. I need to do more of that. You, you're very much somebody who applies themselves. Well, that, that was a, a, um, a bit of a turning point for me is like, I remember watching. So I realized I didn't, know stuff and was starting to learn and I was like well come on let's let's crack on let's let's start you know at least get starting to know the the field of which I want to work so just watching films then it was watching Wolfblood we started watching they put together like a draft episode or two I remember sitting there cringing because I hated watching myself steal and I was like oh I hate it I hate it and then one of the producers turned around to me and was like Bobby what are you doing like like, what what do you hate and I was like oh and I realized I couldn't come up with an answer as in, I, I couldn't actually say what I didn't like about it. And I was like, oh, it's just embarrassing. And then I start, I, I sort of sat there and went, right, okay, Bob, is this, are you hating it? Is it self-indulgent? Like, as in, are you sitting there hating it because you think that, are you trying to be modest? Are you, like, why do you actually not like it? Let's sit and watch what you're doing. Why do you not like it? And it was like, right, cool, I'm watching it. I was like, well, I don't like that because that. And I started to actually look at it objectively and mm. be like, well, actually, I don't like it because this. And I started... Because realize if I want to do this, I am going to be on screen. I have to go over that. That's that's just how it is. Let's start actually breaking down why I don't like it. Okay, I didn't like that about the performance or that. Well, actually, I felt like maybe that's not that good because I actually didn't know my lines that well that day. I remember that scene. Oh, yeah, actually, this doesn't work. Uh, right. And I started to actually pay attention and realize what I didn't like about it. And then so started to, I guess, refine my own work. And that... For me, getting over that barrier, I think, was huge. <laughs> so obviously the first... So, so I didn't know all the presenter stuff. I remember having a conversation with um, my friends. And so I'd just done a bunch of prez. And mm-hmm. the I think we'd just filmed the second series of Anubis. And 
of, of, of Wolfblood, sorry. Just done the second series of Wolfblood, mm-hmm. just done a bunch of prayers. And I was chatting to friends and I was like, I feel really comfortable presenting. I really enjoy it. Um, I don't know whether to sort of to push that a bit more and maybe like step away from the from the acting and like and go with that. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, cause I just don't know if I um I feel like I've been given this big opportunity in in CBC, um, and it was as if the gateway sort of opened for me. I think because at the time, I think you'd left later by that maybe, point. Maybe, maybe. you were. But, but there, put this, it this way: was 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 the studio white and green, or was it purple and and blotchy? Purple and blotchy. <laughs> Okay, no. uh, if if it was that studio, then I was only on on Saturday morning. Right, there we so. go. So <laughs> yeah, but I remember it was when because I was getting doing more and more stuff. I'd done kick. That's the I was doing. I was starting to do more things, and I remember being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was I was gone from the weekdays. Yeah, and point. it felt yeah. like yeah. I was like, okay, there's there's this opportunity here for me to like do this more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, obviously the acting's uncertain. I was like, and I, was, I don't know. I just didn't really believe in myself really, and I didn't think that I was any good. I thought I was very lucky to get to the point to. To, to do the jobs I'd done and everything that happened. And I was like, mulling it over. And my friend was like, but would like, but you love acting. Would you honestly want to stop? And I was like, I just, oh. it just feels like maybe it's just more, maybe it just seems, maybe I could actually make a more stable career presenting right now. And mm. then the next week is when I got a phone call being like, so you're nominated for a BAFTA. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was fucked. That was crazy. <laughs> and that was, but that was literally where my head was at. And then when I, because when I won, it was in, imba- it was a bit embarrassing. Like, so I hadn't, because Amy Kelly is an, an astonishing actress. She's amazing. She's incredible. And obviously I was up against her and, and I swear, I, I swear on my life, like there's not a part of me that thought I was going to win. Um, So I hadn't thought anything about it. They said, yeah, cool, you're up. And I was like, yeah, but obviously I'm up against Amy. It's up against Mr. Tumble, and I can't remember who else. But um, I was up against Amy. And so I was like, well, she's obviously, she's going to So then when I won, it was really embarrassing. I had nothing to say. I got up there. I was so shocked. And I felt like, I, I, I just mumbled a bunch of stuff. I think I thanked Amy. And I was like, everyone just have a good night. Cheers. And walked off. You can see it online. I don't, I just, I, I think I go, oh, it's mental. And I just, I just, <laughs> Sort of stand there, but then the first person I saw when I got off, uh, Beyonce, yeah, one of the greatest videos of all time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> the uh, one of the first things that happened when I got off the stage, uh, you you do some bits like backstage. You have to sign a contract to say that you'll sell it back to BAFTA for a pound if you want to sell it, and all this stuff. And because the, there's a number on the back, so guys, they know that my number is that one. And you do an interview, and then you go, and then I went around, and my producer was there. And he was like, right, Bobs, you've got this. Can you just start believing in yourself now? And he was like, come on, man, just start. And I essentially had imposter syndrome uh, for ages. I was just like, I don't, don't deserve it. I didn't have it. I'd done a couple, again, presenter things, um, uh, like days for, for BAFTA um, with the, with like some, some kids and stuff. And, and I was like, oh, maybe I got it because of that. Maybe it's like political like politics. I was like, I don't know. I just can't have all these reasons. And then a few, and, and now I think it's a few years later, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if I've just grown up. I don't know, haven't got other stuff. And it's just starting to just settle in and be like, well, no, actually, like, I got that for a reason. 
And you know, maybe if I start actually, because I feel like I applied myself for a bit, and now I'm like, well, how about if I apply myself and actually believe in myself and actually realize that maybe I can bring something to the table? I wonder what I can achieve. And so that is where I've been at for now a couple of years, just um, trying to to just go for it and just apply myself and work hard and realize I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to do something that I love. You know, let's crack on. And then, but this year, so I got cast in a, again, a, it was a Disney voiceover. They cast me, we recorded two episodes and then they cut me. So, you know, even with belief, oh. <laughs> even with belief, you're still going to get crapped on because... <laughs> well you you should you should be proud of what you do and 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 what you've done and how you approach things and i can tell you that and you will listen to me because i'm technically your producer because um i'm producing this podcast <laughs> and i donated to i donated to the call center which you're in so Aww. i'm technically a producer Thanks, so there, there you go. go um i couldn't make the screening of that i was well miffed it was one of those few occasions where i had something on that day and i was like damn it uh, have, you, um, have you seen it yeah. I've not watched Mate. it yet. No, I think I think Louisa sent me a link, so I need to I need to yeah. sit down and brace myself and maybe have a strong drink yeah. based on what I know <laughs> about it. So, uh, so uh, before we move on to the questions, and and uh, I know you got to shoot uh, in a little while, so we uh, we'll, we'll we'll quick fire them. We'll do it like old Prez days, um, without the talking dog, and I'm not wearing pants this time, uh, as far as you know. <laughs> um, I mean, then again, I might not have been on Prez. No one could tell. No, That's what the desk was there for. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer: I was wearing trousers whenever presenting. <laughs> but I've got to ask you this: you're you're currently working on a job, uh, filming at the moment, and and that's one of the reasons why you you have to dash today. And I recently did filming myself, um, for BBC Teach. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, have a little chat about it because I wanted people to know, sort of to know what it's like filming in the age of COVID, like what what a set and everything is currently like because it's it's a it's a it's a tampered with environment. It's a very different playground right now um how are you finding it without saying too much on what you're working on uh and, and let's compare notes because i had some i mean do you have a do you have a do you have a floor manager coming up to you every few minutes with a, a meter stick yep. just to make sure certain people so she yeah, wears a top weird. that says i heart two meters <laughs> it's, it's actually brilliant. brilliant she's taken on like pantomime villain <laughs> as in because everyone obviously like it's just weird because i think everyone's so used to working in a way and has been working in a way for so long, um, to then suddenly have to do it so different. Like, you know, it's masks on almost all the time, two metres distance, so scenes, you know, where you want to be, you've got to be intimate, want to hug someone, can't do that anymore. You're working with dummies, because um, you can't have a person. Really? For, for, for certain shots? Yeah, all certain shots, and it's That's all amazing. camera trickery. That never even crossed my mind. Oh, mate, it's... Uh, yeah. It's gonna be fascinating to see how it comes out because I, I actually can't see any. I haven't seen how it looks yet. Filming it is is mm. yeah, it's odd though. And so I'm doing it yeah, like a medical drama. So but like full PPE. So well, I guess does does, do, does the show have to acknowledge the world around it or is it? Oh yeah, no, it's within bubble? the storyline. It's all written in. Um, oh brilliant that's, okay that's oh so i guess that makes it a little a little easier in terms of the functionality yeah. of it all i suppose yeah. are you being are you being like tested once a week or anything like there's that there's no testing sort of stay atop no so it's, is, is it that weird temperature check thing where you look at it and it beeps aggressively yeah, temperature check on yeah. entrance <laughs> uh and that's the thing i think you know obviously most people every everyone on set is trying their best i was like every, obviously we're in new new times and everyone's trying to figure out how to get by and stick by the 
rules and the restrictions, as silly as they seem, um, some of them seem ridiculous. Like, you know, the drivers will drive in and out and it'll be two minutes later and they're still getting tested even though they've just... There's little things which seems... Yeah. And, and I think everyone's just getting used to this stuff. As an actor, like, I have to set... And that sounds ridiculous, but, like, resetting all my own props every time. I have to... Yes. I'm the only yeah. one that has to touch props. Yeah. Um, mm. And that might be a bit like, oh, don't, like... Oh, silly actor thinking that's a big job. But the thing is, it's not. It's just been drilled into... Uh, it's drilled into actors, essentially, like, leave it alone. Because it's someone's job to set yeah. it properly, and you're probably going to set it wrong, and... You probably break yeah, it. So just you touch it almost <laughs> as little as possible because you know there's certain things or like you might have it the wrong way around. You might not be a pet because you know you're thinking about your lines, your performance. You're not thinking about which way around the bottle should be on the top to match the wide shot. There's things that you're just not necessarily considering. Um, and you know it's we take our own makeup bags, we do our own checks, we do all our own makeup in the mornings. Mm. Um, it's 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 different. Uh, but I, I've, I've got to say, I, I actually quite like doing my own makeup. Um, yeah, I, 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 it made me get up forty-five minutes earlier than I normally would have done because the thing I had to do was you'd have to do it before getting to location because um, they didn't want sort of to stuff you in a room with a couple of other people doing interesting. it like, at the same right. time. So it's like put you put a base layer and everything on before you get here, and then when you get in, you can touch up every now and again if you're looking shiny and whatnot. But it, it's you so it's almost taking it back to to a theatrical kind of way of yeah, doing things totally. except it's not it's not the marathon of of doing some on stage where it's like you start the show begins and then you end and off the back of it you're like right reset my stuff for tomorrow all good like cool brilliant bye everybody ta it's you're doing it again repeatedly several times over and over again for a few hours and then you stop and you move to another thing and you do it this so it's it's it is weird. Like if anyone is going, oh god, you're just moving some stuff around. Don't be, don't be such a bro. It's like, yeah, but I'm having to move it around repeatedly on the spot, eighty five bloody times, based on how many takes yeah. we need to do. Or and also, it's not like it's not like your team are going to shoot things like they normally do. They're having to take extra things into consideration now. It's just there's what I call a lot of hobbiting, like faking the angles to make people look closer right, than they yeah. are. And, there's loads of that. Yeah, two meters, and then having to. It's just. I mean, obviously, it's manageable, and I'm grateful. To have, I'm not. I'm not complaining, but it's just different. Like, um, it's, it's odd. It's, yeah, it's just it's odd. odd. Yeah, it's like being a PlayStation uh, user your whole life, and then your mate like invites you to play something on Xbox. You're just like, I don't. What is this thing in my hand? Why Feels is it weird. bigger? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you have to put actual batteries in this? What is happening? Do you still have to do that? I can't remember. You guys have consoles, I so. right? I can't yeah, remember. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got. Oh man! Yeah. Who, who's the Who's the Nintendo? Who's the Nintendo aficionado oh, in your place? Because remember when I was there last year, there was like the GameCube controller jack was set yeah, up. Yeah, that's my husband Ollie. He's got everything, <laughs> everything. Well, that's why you don't have games on your phone because they're all downstairs. Yeah. Just you they're know, just there. Wait till everyone's out and be like, plug this in. So we've um, actually created our own game though. So obviously, you know, normal poker, like No Limit Poker. It was started because of a yeah. conversation where we were playing poker and it was like my girlfriend. And my mate wanted to like change the rules and be like, "Oh, we're going to do this." And I was like, "No, they're, they're, the rules of the game are the rules. This is we're playing poker." And then it was like, "Well, why yeah. don't we play this different game?" So it's based around poker, but there's all these different. You can force fold people. You can have reshuffles. You can have all that. We've created all these different rules. It's like the wackiest, craziest game ever. We wrote it down, 
and we've come back to it a bunch and it is thrilling <laughs> so we play that loads so you think you know what you're doing and then suddenly oh wait no this happens now i i oh christ my hand is completely different so, totally. um, it's called bajoingo uh, you have to like shout bajoingo, bajoingo. mate it is you know you know in um uh in friends when they're like i just bamboozled chandler yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like bamboozled but it's our version of bamboozled mate it's class so we, we do play a lot of games in this house like a lot well if we go into like repeated lockdowns for the next year might i suggest teaming up with somebody who's got like a sales website and uh shipping out a rule book we ha- we've for, been talking about Be- it because it is actually and we introduced it to our other housemate never played it before because it was Ollie, his birthday, like yesterday. So we all got together. And he was like, I want to play the Go. We played it and they were like, God, this is so fun. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> We've yeah, done it. It's great. It's great. Well, if you if you do a Kickstarter, record an audio ad and we'll whack it onto Series 3 oh. of this. Um, <laughs> okay, quick fire questions from the lovely patrons. These guys produce the show, which means they have the right to ask a thingy-majig. Nice. So Rainbow Sky says, when you started on Wolfblood, did you ever expect the amount of popularity that TV show gained? And did this affect future opportunities, uh, like for better or worse? Um, hi, Rainbow Skies. Uh, uh, it was... No, I I did not expect it to be as big or as popular as it was. Um, I knew it was cool and it was good, but sometimes, you know, great shows can get cancelled and sometimes poor stuff can end up looking good and so you just never know. Um, but oh, without a doubt, um, Wolfblood, you know, I mean, getting the BAFTA and things that as I, I imagine no doubt opened doors to me. It's almost impossible to directly relate my career to certain jobs but i have no doubt that wolfblood absolutely um blew open opportunities for me i think i think i think we are being a little too um uh modest here the theme song did all the work uh you guys did nothing the theme song sold it and and everyone was like that theme song slaps give them all jobs that's how it worked right come on that's the ticket um i'm, I'm disgusted kidding, it wasn't that a number theme song one did slap <laughs> i know right it it was a banger anyway um uh, that's interesting. See, I I wondered actually because when you did uh, Tumble, mm-hmm. um, which you know big event show on BBC One, like was that spiral? Did that spiral directly out of Wolfblood at the time? Because um, uh, it it was very much that they were looking for a cast of people from all sorts of like BBC shows and personalities from different coverage that BBC did. I fit the. I think I fit. You know, you I, are yes. <laughs> no, but I fit the. I fit the the because they, they look for different people who have different demographics and stuff, and mm-hmm. I think the ba- having the BAFTA was. It, huge it sort of not validated me in a way but they were able to be like oh he's not just on kiss tv he's got a bafta as if that's any kind of <laughs> i don't know i think that that but that was definitely a big part in that um but yeah i mean i mean tumble that was an experience i, lo- I loved it it was unbelievable we don't let anyone near the trampolines unless they have a large bronze face <laughs> oh you have the bronze face please come on in <laughs> Uh, JB99 says, Hi, Bobby, what has been your proudest role to undertake to date, uh, which has been the hardest to relate to and embody? So which, which role are you chuffed with and which role which role was a toughie? Hey, JB99, my proudest role. I mean, I'm most proud. It's got to be, be Wolfblood. Like, I'm just so proud of that show and of everyone in it and of everyone who was involved. And it just fills me with such joy when I think about it. Um, to be honest, and and I 
I hope it does the same for everyone else involved. I know it does for um, those I'm still in contact with. I just, yeah, I, I, what is what it's done for me and the time I had doing it, like, I loved that. And then Ridian is just the coolest guy, and I loved playing him. Um, the hardest role that I've ever, I did a, and this, I think I was young, and again, it was, now it's one of them roles that I would play so differently. I did an episode of Lewis, um, where I played a young lad who went around murdering people, basically. <laughs> he murdered a few people, um, yeah. and I should have sort of done more research and delved into it more. And then, But basically they made, they made changes last minute to the script where... Mm but the final standoff with the police, I actually sort of make an attempt to kill myself briefly. I've got this sort of really hot liquid and I, I, was, I go to drink it and they stop me and I do a thing and then they end up stopping me and arresting me. And I took it as not that big a change, but now I'm so aware that psychologically the difference between like, I'm going to kill you guys and getting stopped and being like, I'm going to kill myself and then being stopped is so entirely different. And when I, when I got there and was doing the scene, I realized it wasn't working and it just didn't, and I just really struggled. I found it really hard. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, I just would have approached the whole thing differently. And I think that was a case of me uh, failing to prepare properly. So that's why I found it so tough. I guess as well, it's also a testament to the environment you're in as a performer. Um, like with a show, with the stage show and stuff, it, it grows over that period. Previews kind of refine it and then it's ready to go. But like with TV film, things can change on a dime uh, in a way. So the, uh, it's not necessarily in your hands, I guess, sometimes when when a performance goes one way, if, if you're given a different impetus, like uh, that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find it easier if like, say you're the, the physical environment uh, on a shoot is like, informs everything. Like for example, um, like, like on Dunkirk, when you d- did Dunkirk, like, is it, is it much easier to be in that kind of space with everyone in these costumes and you've got stuff flying overhead and bloody ocean lapping at X, Y, Z. And it's like, is it easier to get into that? Because it's all sort of presets like you react to where you are. Yeah, I mean, yes and yes and no. I think it helps to a point, but I don't. Mm. You don't want to rely on that because what if Christopher Nolan steps up and goes, "Okay, we want to do this thing, but we're going to have to make it green screen because you're in space." And then I go, "Oh no, but I need an environment." And he, well, I'm not going to. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to mess up my chances of being involved in in Christopher Nolan's movie. So, if he's listening, uh, so. Chris, Dunkirk 2 in space, yeah. <laughs> if you want to... Uh... Um, but I, so I, guess, I guess it can. Um, that's one of the annoying things about doing like self-tapes and auditioning at home and stuff, is like not having actors, not having props, not having things to work with. And that can definitely... That, that, ob- that does obviously mm. help. Dan says... Hi, Bobby. Do you have any funny behind-the-scenes stories from your time on Wolfblood? I imagine you've got plumbing thousands of the buggers, but is, is there any in particular that uh, is... Family friendly, and uh, what do you want um, to whip out? <laughs> funny, I mean, God, we laughed the whole time. I'm trying to remember. I think it was so long ago. There was one. There's a there's a scene with Ridian and Mister Jeffries in the first season, and I, I we talk about swirling. He's like swirling. I'm like, yeah, swirling. There's a swirling when I talk of. I I can't remember what the context is, 
But it was one of the first scenes that me and Mark had together. And oh my gosh, were we cracking up the whole time. Like, because the word swirling, it had been said a thousand times and it sounded so weird. Could not keep a straight face. And it was just, that was ridiculous. I mean, uh, (laughs) that's just like, I don't know, that's the first one that came to mind. Um, well, you were, it was clearly swirling around your head at the time. I'm trying to, there was, I mean, there was a ton of, oh, we had a whole, um, there's whole clips of outtakes of actors and crew um, falling over, it, running in the woods, just constantly just stacking it everywhere. It was hilarious. That just, that just happened all the time because, of course, it did. We're running in the mud. Just scrape knees and palms yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Just ouch, damn! Couldn't do that now. <laughs> you have to have have to have little masks on your palms. <laughs> um, Sean's puppets has uh, uh, given their question to their brother, who is a Wolfblood superfan, who has said, "What was your favourite scene to film in Wolfblood?" So if you had to narrow it down, I mean, obviously it was swirling, but uh, what would be the close second? <laughs> I think the swir- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the maybe either Maddie's goodbye at the end of series season mm. two because just the way it all worked out was just perfect. I mean, so we tried to get up on the moors a bunch of times to shoot because of weather, because of all this stuff. We couldn't change location, couldn't do it there, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And then we had this one afternoon where it was just clear, but like the re- the weather was rubbish in the morning, and yeah, the afternoon it just opened up, and the director. Who's he's amazing, um, Matthew Vaughan. He said he was like, right guys, we're all just going to go through, and he's like, I, I, I just want you to remember where you are. Obviously, the different takes, how we're going to cover it. Just remember what's happening. Remember what's and just he just guided us to this place where it just felt so like real. And then when I watched it back, I was like, that mm. looks beautiful because we only had a little time frame just to get the sunset. And it just it just worked, and I was like, oh! I remember leaving, being like, I think we did a good scene there, and then watching it back, and I was buzzing. The uh, one scene which I didn't act in at all was Ridian's goodbye in Wolf Blood. I'm sobbing my eyes out. It's because I'm saying goodbye to my friends. I knew obviously I'm leaving the show. Mm. It was right near the end of shooting, and I was obviously sad to leave. And as soon as we, we do the line run, and I wasn't, you know, I was planning to right say goodbye, and I'm just not like, and I'm just start sobbing, and I just sobbed for like two, three hours all the way through the scene because I just was saying goodbye to, to Ridian, to Wolfblood, to my friends, to, and that was heartbreaking. That, so I wasn't, I wasn't Dude. even acting. I was just crying. And I'm there trying to get through the thing. I'm there just saying the lines and just sobbing. So it always, it's, it's one of the things actually, because I look at that scene and I think, God, I wonder if anyone looks at that and think, wow, he's, look at him, he's a, he's a good actor. He's sobbing and it's so real. And it's like, because I'm actually just crying. I couldn't. I can't do that. Do you see that there? That's a bronze face yeah. moment. <laughs> bring, bring him the bronze face <laughs> and a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs cheering up. Bring him a trampoline and some lacquer. Uh, uh, Rebecca asks, "Do you still get recognised from Wolfblood specifically, and do you think it affects your performance as an actor?" Uh, I guess what she means with that one is like, do you get the like? 
excuse me is that you from from that because obviously you have your fans from that show and and has it ever i guess i guess what she means by performances has wolfblood ever sort of interrupted anything else like has it ever been a, um uh, as much as a blessing as a as a, as a big role or, or a significant part can be sometimes it can be a bit of a coice has it ever been that way i don't think so um as it right i still get recognized uh, so when i have a long hair i never got recognized anywhere and then the minute i cut it off it started getting recognized yeah uh <laughs> The, it was a mighty mane. It was, it was quite, a big old mane. It was mane. quite decent. I liked it. I'm trying. I'm trying to grow a bobby mane right now, but you're well on your way. It is luscious as it yours is was coming on. Um, <laughs> I uh, but no, and then but but what's really cool now is that you know at the time it was most it was a lot of children, but now those children are adults and young adults. So I'll be out and bump into people. It is sometimes still cool kids. Still, still school kids. Sorry, the cool kids. <laughs> It's just the yeah. cool kids, just like hey, hey, anyone who's just people dressed as the fans, anyone who watches Wolfblood's cool in my book. No, but no, <laughs> sometimes school kids, and I'm like, wow, as if how, like how have you guys seen it? And that's exciting. Mm. But I, I love now like chatting to an adult, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I loved that program, and I'm like, awesome, me too. It's class. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um so i i mean i always it's it's really nice getting recognized i mean don't be wrong if i was justin bieber it might be hell um but fortunately i've never even got close to that level of like fame or anything so 99 times out of 10 it's 99 times out of 10 (laughs) 99 times out of 10 (laughs) it is um it's it's always lovely seeing you know someone who appreciates your work and like the show that's that's always a nice experience um and it's also really unique, like to be in your late twenties and suddenly, kind of for a moment, feel old. When someone says, "I watched you when I was a kid," yeah. and you're like, "You're clearly in your late teens, early twenties." I feel like an old person yeah. now. <laughs> I'm not an old person, right? And you look in the mirror, and you're withering away, and it's like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then suddenly you're gone. You're just a you're just a skeleton. It's dust. You've had that too, right? You've, yeah. Well, mate, I've got, I, I mean, I'm with, so I'm, uh, my friends, uh, a lot of people I know obviously are a bit like, oh, getting older and stuff. I love it. I love getting older, man. Yeah. It's class. It's like, for me, I'm like, it's just, it's good. I feel, I feel wiser all the time. I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in a better position than I was like five years ago. I was an idiot. And don't be wrong. In five years, <laughs> I'll think that me now is an idiot. And of course I will. But like, I don't. Aging is inevitable. We might as well enjoy it. There's so much the respect and stuff you get as you're getting older. Like people trust me with things. I've always trusted with stuff as a kid. I wouldn't trust Kid Bobby with anything. But I'm starting to be like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. But don't need to get don't need to get your ID out anymore. You know, no, this is great. Exactly. Um, I mean that one that one stings a little bit, but you know, just just a tiny bit. Um, uh, has it has it hindered no, I've, me? I've heard, I've heard. You know, um, going back, has has Wolfblood hindered me though? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. Again, I think a part of that's probably due to the the, the broad appeal that the show had. Like it, 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 I don't think it ever fell into that realm of of casual dismissiveness people have toward. Uh, entertainment made for families and young audiences because it, 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 the appeal was broad mm. enough well, that uh, the work spoke for itself and was, wasn't was put in a category already in people's heads. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they did see it and they go, oh, right. Because there's a lot of stigma with kids' TV stuff. Like it does happen. So I, it's amazing that it's not. Well, we a block. also, we did, um, obviously, I, Amy, so Maddie did, uh, Amy did two years and the bulk of us did three. And then obviously the show carried on. And we were all happy to sort of leave at the top 
while it was still awesome. We were a bit very wary of like staying on and it going out and being like staying and being typecast and doing this thing. So it, it was one of them. Part of me would have loved to carry it on, and there's been talks when we were doing it to now of like a Wolf Blood movie. And I know almost all of us would jump at the opportunity. I know I would. I'd love to yeah. like play Ridian again as an adult, like to to break because there's so much you could do with it. Now the audience is older, you could just make it a bit older, a bit more. There's there's yeah, so you, much you, to you play with up, there. You jump up the 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 demographic yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's there's so much that could be done. Um, but at the time, yeah, we just it, you know it happened. We did the three years, and and I, I don't know. If, so I don't know if that's part of it that because we were only in it for like sort of a short while. But uh, yeah, George would like to know what was the transition like from House of Anubis into Wolfblood. I mean, there was a lot of touring unis, if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, in between. No, the transition. <laughs> I mean, I think I was. It's a you know I I went into Wolf Club with the experience of Anubis so I, I was a better actor for one I was more prepared I was more I did I the I, the role was was way more fun more meaty uh, and I I was determined to not get cut from that um, yeah <laughs> as in as in like, I just had all the experiences of Anubis taking it forward and it definitely prepared me you know. I, I felt super prepared in terms of like, like big shooting days, like, you know, smashing through scenes doing. Uh, so I don't really, I, I, I get, I guess all I can, oh, the only way I can say is that I, I, you know, I was going into Wolfblood in a much better place than I went into Anubis, I guess is, is all I can say. I think to that. Uh, Anubis Bobby, um, walked so that Wolfblood Bobby could run. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I go. love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Adit asks, who was the first person you told when you got the part for Wolfblood? Was it your group of mates like in that moment? Uh, oh no, that no, was that Anubis, was, wasn't that it? Was for, Anubis. For yeah, no, I was, yes. I remember I was in my pants at home. I got a phone call and I started just... Ru- <laughs> Sorry, could you just start that one more time? <laughs> you. I was in... I was in my pants <laughs> at home where is this going oh as in no because as in so it's the morning and you know um, i was a young actor yeah. so it was, yeah it was the morning yeah it was the morning i, I literally yeah. remember yeah i was on the phone <laughs> i got the thing the, the call and i just started running around sort of my living room because that feel like i mean that feeling of, of getting a job is 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 uh, is unbelievable and like what a feeling and uh so yeah just sort of running around and then i don't know i probably i probably called my mum uh, but then I would, and then probably call my dad, and then brother and sister, and then friends. I, I don't, I, I don't know specifically. Probably whoever I would probably shouted it out the window, <laughs> just, just screaming it to the world. Um, but I imagine my my mom's probably the first person I call. That's changed now. Like now, if I when I get a job, it's a bit more. They'll sort of it will just come into conversation when I'm chatting, but only because I feel. My mum will be like, why don't you tell me sooner? Why don't you tell me? And I'm a bit like, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's different. It feels different now. I don't know why. This is me telling you, Lenny Babes. I'm telling yeah. you now. <laughs> I've also got like a life and things that I do. I don't, not a life. That's, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm in more than just my pants today, mum. I've got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
I've had to put I've had to put more on. I'm going on a train. There you go. Um, I'd probably call. I, do you know, I'd probably Loz, call it, nowadays Gus, my girlfriend, would be the first person I call. That is true. That is yeah. She would be the first person to call now. But my mum would have been with Wolfblood probably. Loz would like to know uh, what was it like being on a show like Wolfblood during the social media era, and they specifically are like uh, making a point to say. Like Tumblr and that, because Wolfblood had a Tumblr presence. Yeah. It was gifs, it was blogs. Like we were aware of like that world, that side of it. The fact that it was being so, uh, you know, aware of it. Uh, fan fan fiction. Yeah, no, aware of it. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the dark side of YouTube before. I'm sure there's some. Oh, there's some fan fiction out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> that I've read. So nice one, guys. <laughs> Good pros, everyone. Yeah. You know, no, I'm very aware of it, but just again, I just I wasn't massive on social media and the internet stuff anyway, so I just hadn't read, haven't seen a lot of it. Occasionally, I'll see a video on YouTube, and it'll be like clips of, well, not any at the time. Sorry, it'll be like you know some montage of um, Madian or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, that's cute, but like, <laughs> I, I I never it just that's just not really. That's a bit alien to me, I guess. Really, in all honesty. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put some work in. Then I'm gonna have to get it so that you're at least you're at least a meme gif. I'm gonna have to find one gif of you out there that's just a great reaction gif to something and try and get it started. There is there is so some much so gifs. that one day. No, I say there is some some wolf blood gifs, some Ridian gifs, and I have occasionally in response to messages popped them in there because it's. I mean, it, it it'd be silly not to, wouldn't it? If anything, it's weird that other people use it. You know what I mean? If you're using it, you're the source. It's weird that everyone else is using it. It's like, hang on, that's my face. Do you mind? What are you doing, everyone? Geordie uh, Wolfblood, uh, I think they might have heard of the show, uh, says, hi, Bob. Huge fan. Uh, been with the show since the start. What was it like filming the goodbye scene with Maddie and Ridian at the end of series two? You've pretty much covered that. So I'm going to ask, what was it, what was it like um, when everyone else got to see it? With friends, family, or like people getting in touch, going like, "Oh my god, my dude, why?" I think people were just why? heartbroken that Maddie was leaving, and rightly so. That is, a, that is sad, sad times. Um, unbelievable to shoot. Yeah, it was just sad. And then even watching it, I was like, "God, this is this is emotional." You know, <laughs> um, I can't, I can't really remember the direct fallout. I, I remember people just. People being surprised. I think that was um, maybe my friends and family were more emotionally invested than they let on to me. But I think they were just shocked that it was happening because obviously Maddie was Maddie. We just, we just, <laughs> for those listening, we're just shrugging like it's the yeah, way it is. Maddie's Maddie. That's the know? way it is. And I'm going to leave that in there because I, I just, I just <laughs> like the fact we both shrugged. Uh, Connor Gilmore says, "Hi, Bobby. As an actor, how did you find it the first time you did presenting on something like All Over the Place, for example? Uh, uh, did you find it easier or more difficult to be yourself on camera?" I found it e- e- musical. Yeah. <laughs> I just sung my whole way through. No, uh, I found. Uh, I think I found it. I found it easier. Um, because I'm still given a script. If if someone said, "Oh, yeah. be yourself," but you know, improvise the whole thing, I probably would have been like, "Ah." Uh, but I'm still essentially. They're telling me what to say, and I just I'm treating it as if I'm talking to I don't know Lenny Babes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, just for stop talking to Lenny Babes. Yeah. It's fine. 
I'm teaching Lenny Babes about pandas. It's cool. Exactly. I've got this. <laughs> Chewy Moore would like to know, are there any shows that you would have liked to have been on in your target demographic? Like any stuff when you were younger watching kids TV, for example, was there a show you're like, God, I want to get on that. Maybe as a contestant or an actor or something like that. The examples he's given is like, get your own back, 50-50, Dick and Dom and the Bungalow, etc. Oh, Dick and Dom. Oh, love Dick <laughs> and Dom. They were great. I mean, Bogies was just... So good. Oh. Um... God tier. If your show's being complained about in the House of Commons, nothing will ever come close after that What's ever again. About? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were talking about whether or not it was uh, negatively affecting the children of the UK. Oh, that's class. It's brilliant. That You can't get better publicity than that for your show. Oh, my God. Bungies! That was so brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant. Do you think it would have been a bungalow head then? Yeah, you would, I think You so. would have jumped at the chance. I would have loved that. Oh, yeah. I watched, because I, I watched a bunch of cartoons, like Powerpuff Girls and... Dexter's Laboratory, mm. it's a bit of Cartoon Network. Oh, you're you're a Cartoon Network yeah, kid. Yeah. Um, so I mean any any of those would have been great. The Powerpuff Girls, I you know, my sister wanted to watch and I was like, oh fine, we'll watch it then. I, I actually I loved it. And I don't know why I just lied for so, so long. Good. I love Powerpuff Girls. And I just pretended it's I didn't so uh, as a kid. But yeah. And any of those would would be great. Widge says, Hey Bobby. Big Wolfblood fan. Curious to know, did you keep any mementos from set? And if not, what would you have liked to have kept? Ridian's jacket. I don't think I have it anymore from that first season. I got that because um, I just I wore it into the ground. I wore it every day. So I got to keep that at the end. I love that. Oh, I've still got Ridian's boots. Ah, uh, still got Ridian's go. boots. Um, Stinking of wooden twigs and yeah. mud. Yeah. One thing I really wanted to keep <laughs> was the contact lenses. I mean, it's my prescription. I stuck them in my eyes. Yeah. Why do I not have them? Yeah. Like, who else yeah, is going to be a good using point, them? Actually. What are they doing that for? Unless they one day go up in a museum. Especially not now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have loved to have the yellow eyes. <sighs> that would that would be the the dream. Just wear wear sunglasses. You pop into the news agents. Just like picking up a can of pop, yeah. and then you got a page. Just like thanks, lower the <laughs> shades a bit. Be like cheers, and then pull them back oh. up. But then again, you live in London, so they'll probably just go. Yep, another like, yeah. one. It's fine. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable. Sure. A furry came in ten minutes ago. We had a whole chat about how they braided the ponytail at the top of their uh, top of their head. Yellow I couldn't eyes. Tell if they were a, huh. Couldn't tell if they were a fox or a, or, a, or a mongoose, but either way, they seemed happy. <laughs> Uh, and finally Dale Who uh, who uh, may or may not be a fan of the show he's about to mention uh, says Doctor Who because that is their name sod this Doctor nonsense Doctor Who gives you one trip time uh, one trip in time in her TARDIS where and when would you go and why oh as in when like whenever or in my own lifetime uh, both I'm, I mean just you, you hear a wheezing in that backyard you open up the kitchen door and there is Jodie Whittaker in her coat big blue box she's like right where do you want to go I get, in. I where, where does Bobby Lockwood want to go you only get one everybody gets one tell them Peter uh, apparently everybody gets one uh, <sighs> it's probably like the end of the world to see what happens the end of like the human Ooh. race or to see or if yeah. it like, doesn't go do we do we end up colonizing mars or like you know going galactic uh but it, you know if we end up because i'd be gutted because what what would be what would suck is if she's like okay 
we get in the TARDIS, we go to next year. And, and I'm like, oh, I could have just waited. <laughs> Take me to the end of yeah. civilization. <laughs> it's like two days time. Um, it would, it would. Pr- right. Yeah. Do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? Um, the good news. The good news was this sentence was designed to soften the blow of the bad yeah. news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it would either um, be then or, and then if that, if that was somehow not a viable, if that's not, a feasible like time and place in space time uh it probably yeah. be back to like ancient, ancient greece yeah as in that'd be quite only because cool. just like there was an insane amount of like philosophy and just genius brought out of that time mm. and it was just a prosperous time and to experience that would be insane i guess i mean failing that go back even further take your bafta with you and be worshipped as a deity during an early civilization. The bronze-faced man. Oh gosh. <laughs> he is our king. He holds the bronze face in his hands. I have thought about this question all wrong. There is so much I could do. Oh my God. I could, go- I could just, be a god. I'm just saying, you either sell it back to BAFTA for a quid or you become a god. I just, I'm just saying. You're onto something there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but. Bobby, thank you so much for taking your your sweet sweet time uh, to to uh, join me here. It's been lovely reminiscing with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Um, please, please do do flee after this recording and and make haste so you're not late <laughs> to a job because I don't think I spoke to a man called Yonko is a good enough excuse for missing a train. <laughs> no, oh, uh, I shall. Um, but thanks so much for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, and thanks to the to the patrons who like wrote in and asked questions. Um, I'm really glad that you guys um, liked Wolf Blood, or you know, just yeah, so I appreciate that. So thank you, and uh, good on you for support supporting the podcast. Hey, hopefully you learned some of the Linny Babes about <laughs> about the Linny Babes. A dirty, stinky mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> To the Broom Cupboard is presented, edited, and produced by me, Chris Johnson. My guest today was Bobby Lockwood. The theme music was Look Busy by Kevin McLeod. Visit incompetech.com for more information or look at the description of this episode. Remember to support royalty-free music creating artists. If you want to support the show, head to patreon.com slash OOTBC to find out more, pick a tier, and join us on the Discord server. Until next time, stay safe, take care of yourself, we'll see you soon. Or rather, you'll hear us. That's how it works, right?